To the Bachelor of Hearts podcast presents Ancient History, the Bachelor Australia podcast that asks the question. Wait, can I? I'm sorry, I might have to insist on asks ye old question. I that asks ye old question. <laughs> Are you ready to find out where it all began? Mm, cast your mind back, if you will. I'm Max Quinn, fluxing their capacitor is Xavier RN. Hi, Xavier. <laughs> Hello, Maxi. I'm so glad we're doing this again. Me it's so nice to be back. Too. We are back for another season of The Bachelor of Hearts Presents Ancient History. Before we get there... <laughs> Just realising what the what the Ask the Question draft I had, which is like, <laughs> the podcast that asked the question, what the hell, it's February, you guys don't normally release episodes in February, what the fuck, fuck you, you stupid idiots, I hate you, I'm unsubscribing right this now. This is good, this is good, and look, listeners, welcome if you have unsubscribed to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for just downloading this one. This is really nice of you. Maybe we'll change Great your Great time to get on board. Yeah. Firstly, I would just like to acknowledge that today we are recording on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and pay our respects to the traditional owners and custodians of this land. Australia was founded on the genocide and dispossession of First Nations people. We recognize that many of these colonial structures are still in place today. Um, I also want to start things off with a spoiler warning. Um, this is much less important, but just felt like it might need to go after that. I yeah, yeah, we're doing structural notes here. <laughs> uh, in uh, in the later half of this uh, podcast, mm. you know, after we get through a few things and have a bit of a chin wag and a bit of a fun time, we're going to be discussing the first ever season of The Bachelor Australia from the year twenty thirteen. And uh, so, if this, if the information, if the uh, if the outcome, if uh, the specifics have eluded you up until this point. Bully for you, my mm. friend. Uh, and if you want to watch it before having it spoiled by your two favorite podcast hosts, then please do so. Uh, at the time of recording, this season is regrettably still not available to be streamed legally yeah, anywhere. what the fuck? Really strange. There are a number of places where it seems like it should be available, but I've, I've checked. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we hope that that will change in the near future. Maybe you're listening to this down the, li- down the road, so, you know... You should you should watch it legally if that option is available if to you. If it is available to you, if this is what you will do. If it is available to you, there are some other ways you can get it. Uh, Bachelor Archive is one. Uh, we can't, I guess, legally condone that people do that? What? Are you, what no, no. I, look, we don't condone anything here on the no. Bachelor of Hearts podcast. I'm in opposition history. to everything. This is it, you know, and I feel like that is the bedrock that we have built this podcast on over Absolutely. many, many years. We are, in fact, here... For the first episode of season two of Ancient History, in which we will be time warping to the year 2013, Vance Joy, The Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Jackass Presents, Bad Grandpa, etc. Wow. Yeah. How far we've come. There's a new Jackass movie in cinemas <laughs> in like a week. <laughs> I think I'm seeing it this weekend. Oh my God, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, and recapping The Bachelor Australia season one. We also... 
have a very loose end to tie up from the 2021 season sure. of The Bachelorette, the Brooke and David breaking up, uh, what, spoiler alert? Sorry yeah, about it. that happened. It, it, it was a while ago. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, but look, we wanted to put some other news up the top. Sure, yes. Um, first of all, I mean, like, we haven't recorded an episode in a few months. Uh, the world seems like it changes a little more every day, gets a little worse every day, <laughs> you know what I mean? My word. Um, but how are you, Maxie, is my, my first bit of news that I want to check in with, you know? Yeah, fuck yeah. Look, I'm good. The year that was 2021 was fine for me. Mm-hmm. 2022 has started on a very placid note. Things mm-hmm. are pushing straight ahead. Danny, uh, at the moment, is on a yoga retreat. Great. I, yeah, it's fantastic God, for I her. I wish that for all of us. I know. know? Yeah. yeah. Look, may 2022 be the year that all of you escape to some mountain outside of Byron Bay and mm. join presumably a cult when she gets home and we'll just see what happens. Yeah. 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 Sounds good. She's probably going to meet some batchy people there, honestly. <laughs> Legit. How are you? What's going on? Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. What's it been? It's been a few months. I watched Hotel Transylvania 4. <laughs> Uh, not the best one, but uh-huh. it's still a really fun watch. Every time you get to visit Transylvania. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Particularly in this time where travel, mm, expressly forbidden. Right, exactly. I haven't been able to actually go and visit Transylvania in person. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, look, Hotel yes. Western Australia, also a really interesting film <laughs> that I think that you should view. A lot of spooky creatures over there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein's monsters and whatnot. Oh, fuck it up, fuck it up. Mm. Look, uh, after this episode... Uh, uh, here is some news for you. The Bachelor of Hearts presents Ancient History. We'll be moving to Patreon. We're moving into a new house. Uh, and did you get us a housewarming present? Dear, what hotel are you staying at? <laughs> In which country? Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be the Hotel Transylvania of po- of Bachelor podcasts. That is a guarantee. Ironclad. That's right. So if you want to continue with us on this journey for the Bachelor of Hearts presents Ancient History, hear us recap old seasons. We would love you to join us on this voyage through space and time, link in bio, etc. Mm-hmm. This is something that we've been thinking about doing for a little while. We will, of course, continue to bring you all of our regular coverage in the main feed Absolutely. for free. You're not going to be missing out on anything except for the stuff that you're going to be missing out on. So don't miss out. That's the, yeah, that's the selling. <laughs> I think that's how they got Sham Wow off the ground. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope that we could be as big a success as <laughs> Sham Wow. Um, yeah, look, I mean, you know, this is, this is an excuse for us to keep doing it in the off season, essentially. Yeah. Um, because we have got kind of busy lives and we can't necessarily commit to doing it unless there's a financial incentive it feels really gross there's no way to explain it yeah uh but i'm really looking forward to it i think it's going to be a fun space for us to i think part part of the appeal for me and Mm. we won't talk about this for too long part of the appeal for me is that that will be a space that is just for this event. Oh my <laughs> you know, god! It is just for the yep. people who are on board with the show, you know. Because this podcast, we release it to you know, to everybody. We try and get it to as many people as possible, and we have to every episode try and set it up again like it's your first time listening. Yes, you know? and we have to try and make it appealing to people who aren't uh, really in deep in the woods. This is with it, us. right? Yeah, yeah. Who don't have the same sickness that we do? But that's exactly my point: is that we have been doing this show for six hundred thousand years, mm-hmm. and our brains have been pickled and shrunk and smoothed over. Oh my god. 
God. Uh, yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Eroded away over a period of time. And so we want the freaks to scuttle down into the coffin with us. Yeah, this is it. Let your freak flag fly. We would be much obliged. It will cost $5 a month. If you are curious about what that might sound and feel like for you, we have good news. Jimmy and Brooke seasons, you remember them last year? Barely. <laughs> But yes. In between, we had a test run, recapping the first ever season of The Bachelor US. You can find that in this very podcast feed. If you enjoy it, please join us. Or you could just stick around. There is so much to break down in everything that happened during season one of The Bachelor Australia, featuring such luminaries as Tim, Anna, Osha, <laughs> and the rest, and the rest. <laughs> uh, you know, Ali Ojin's there. Ali is there, We're and there is also a woman that. called Jolene. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Plenty to come. <laughs> We've really identified the heavy hitters. Yeah, up top. yeah, yeah. Here on the Bachelor of Hearts presents ancient history. But first, Dave, I think that it is time for us to break into a little bit of a Batch World catch up. Absolutely, and I'm glad that you have moved us into this part of the podcast because... Wait, wait. Wait, I can normally do this. <laughs> this is, wait, hang on. What you is do, happening? You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Wait, why can't I do it? Is this a mouth trumpet? Is that an elephant in oh the room? Oh, my God. Is there an elephant in this room? Oh, so My you'll goodness. delete the first few tries, right? No, 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 no. We're keeping the whole thing in. This is fantastic for us. It's there like it that, is. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nay. <laughs> well, the last time we talked, we were talking about The Bachelor Australia, right? Yeah, this is it. We were Not true. We were talking about The Bachelorette Australia. The Bachelorette Australia, Brooks season, the first ever queer season of The Bachelor, period, worldwide. Yes, in the entire world. Really fun season for us uh, of podcasting. Maybe the best season of the show ever. Like I think so too. Maybe the most invested I've ever been. Maybe the most excited week to week I've been to watch the next episode. The best streaming performance of any season for the show. Oh, right. I, for some reason, I thought you were talking about when we did that like live stream on Twitch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. It wasn't even then. Definitely not no, that. No no. no, no, no. The best streaming performance for the the Bachelor, the Bachelorette franchise is any iteration yeah, on 10 Play. Spike? Yeah. Really well done for them in terms of breaking new ground, breaking into a new audience who will hopefully stay with the show and stay with us right. as we continue to recap this iteration whatever this next iteration of the bachelor bachelorette is ended with a beautiful happy ending <sighs> and they broke up what the fuck yeah they did break up unfortunately and it was kind of uh traumatic <laughs> is that the right word for I don't wanna... everyone yeah i mean i don't want to uh make it a mountain out of a molehill necessarily yeah um i also you know <laughs> Sorry, just real quick. For everyone, all of us broke up. No, it's not like that. <laughs> I just, off the top, we know nothing about what happened. Yeah. We have been super fortunate over the years to have made friends and friends of friends, but this is not anyone's business, I think, to dive into. Right, absolutely. I almost want to foreground that ahead of anything else because, you know, we, we some of the details came out and it yeah. was because um, certain people wanted them to be public at certain times and that sort of thing. Yep. But- like more so than a lot of other people who discuss and recap and talk about this show, I think 
particularly me and maybe you as well, are kind of icked out by it. Like oh, yeah. the, the like digging around and they're like, what does it mean if they you they were at that at that time and like oh that yeah kind of, no 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 yeah you know power to you if that's the the thing that you want out of this franchise it's just not necessarily the part that interests us the most yeah look we're not um we're not here to be cops about it you know I don't need to to investigative detective yeah. where and and who and why it's not what we do here on the show what we do do is offer do- <laughs> it's mostly what? that honestly yep. Yep. here we are <laughs> offering commentary based on what is available to us mm. and what is simply available to us is this they broke up yeah i mean it can't go unmentioned um yeah. you know we have to uh <laughs> we have to pay our respects <laughs> to the gods of the bachelor and we yeah. have to observe the uh changes in uh the gods changes favor. in the seasons yeah. right um but yeah can you tell us a little bit about um, what exactly shake shook out? What what how it all broke down? So basically, what happened, as far as I understand it, and as far as what is available to us via sure. the parasocial relationship that we all have with these characters on Instagram. Yeah, I mean the the last word on this will always go to the people who are actually involved. Yes, um, and we're just kind of regurgitating and that sort of thing. But okay, yeah. so the very the TLDR, they had moved in together. Very quickly it came undone, and then it was Brooke's birthday, and then the person the day after who broke the news was David. Right, right. Um, so we are assuming that it probably happened at the birthday thing, which is... Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know either. This is the, this is the, the part of it where I was like, I actually, every time I read more information that seems like people are drawing different conclusions it's just making me feel a bit more upset yeah and, like, like I, and... that thing of like uh who and where and how is almost like irrelevant in the context of of what you and i can can talk about which is the media that is presented to us mm. and i think the the really interesting thing about how this happened rather than like the ins and outs of who broke up with whom or fucking sure. whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. is that david announced this on main yeah yeah like this man, Darwin, allegedly Darwin, did so without telling Brooke that he was going to. And so this man, Dalvin, <laughs> made this announcement in the wee hours of a Sunday morning the day after Brooke's birthday. Right. Yeah? Yeah. And so Darwin went to the this public. Was before he went to the Galapagos Islands? <laughs> Yeah, discovered some turtles, mm. posted it to IG, and then, look, allegedly what has happened is that Brooke woke up hours later, the day after her birthday, to find out that this had happened because David posted it on the fucking internet. Now, yeah. regardless of what happened, regardless of the, the breakup, the relationship, whatever, the medium, the media that is presented to us is an approach that I have questions about Hmm. because it has the real distinct aura of either like my teenage cousin or my emotionally unstable aunt Hmm. changing their Facebook relationship status to it's complicated in 2009. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. I agree with you. I think it's interesting um, that that's the way it shook out, or at least that's the way that we found out about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, my takeaway from the reaction to it was that if this happened with Jimmy, 
we wouldn't care as much. True. But it's the nature of the audience that jumped on board for this season. Yep. This was, as you mentioned, the most streamed season of this show in history. And there was a huge disparity between the people who were streaming it and the people who were watching it on broadcast TV. Which I would imagine translates to a lot of active, internet-using, social media-engaged people Mm. being the ones who are in the... The The cauldron of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so those are the people who are likely still following this on Instagram. Those are the people who are going to be reading the articles that get written about it, fueling the uh, gossip engine and that sort of thing. And so... That's why it seemed like such an all-consumingly huge deal, and you had yeah. people snooping around. And I mean, not—I I don't know if anybody was being particularly invasive. No, but maybe they were. I don't. Yeah. I mean, fucking yeah. I don't know. It's—it's it's not that thing where you and I are like, oh, here's here's what happened, and here's what we can tell you about it. It's—it just isn't. It isn't that. Hmm. It is more that like we come out of it with, or at least I come out of it with this rhetorical question which is who has the most to gain from it happening this way? You know, like from forcing your ex who, no matter how it ended to the back foot Mm. in a parasocial situation that demands that she return serve because she was the bachelorette. It's a rhetorical question. Yeah. What's your answer? My answer to this rhetorical question, and mm. thank you very much for as- asking it in that way, uh, mm, mm, mm. is uh, it doesn't look great for anybody. I almost want to. I almost want to say it was a mistake. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I that is an amount of goodwill that I would. I wish I was capable of mustering. Mm. Like, it's it's a sort of thing where, like, can you imagine if? let's say it is July 2017 and I come on the pod and I'm like, big news, Xavi just got out of a relationship. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, and you would be like, this is tactless. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is probably my most visceral response to what happened here. Like, I don't care how or, or, or why or whatever. That is not for us. Mm. In going from being so public about moving in and uh, introducing your dogs and posting couple pics with captions like, how did I get so lucky? Yeah. Like to less than a month later, announcing your breakup the literal morning after her birthday. Yeah. Like you want to not do that. David told on himself. Mm. That's the thing. Mm. You know, he said, hi everyone. I've seen what I think is a profitable opportunity. And it turns out that the grace and empathy that the TV show afforded me or suggested that I might possess, uh, could not be more disparate from the manner in which I have carried on here online at 6.40am Queensland time. Yeah. I think it's all so complicated. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. It really is. Like, that is, like, I take a real hardline view on this because I'm so attached to the the story of Brooke and the importance of last season. Mm. Um, Which I completely agree with. And, like, if there is a side to be taken, then I'm going to take Brooke's side. Sure, sure. And here I am doing it. But, yeah. Mm. But I do think it's just, like, these fucking, you know, the pressure that we put on these people. Yeah, true. You're so right. Yeah. You know, know, I think it's pretty unintentional most of the time. Yeah. Like, it is just people who get excited and, like... Part of the idea of The Bachelor and Bachelorette in this franchise is that you should get very invested and 
Um, it should matter to you what happens and yep. that kind of thing. Like if the show is doing its job properly, then you are going to form those parasocial bonds, particularly in this day and age where you're extending what happens from the show into yeah. social media. Yeah. It's part of the reason why people get into it. We talk about it all the time. Oh, the show did such a good job of that too, which thing. is why it stings. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so it's like, it's one of these things where it's like, how ethical is it to make this show at all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is something that we're always yeah, grappling with. Yeah, whose show... It, uh, it, yeah, fucking A. Yeah, whose show is ethical at this point? Well, that's a great point. It's you know, a great question. Uh, I wonder if we could ask the same question in the year 2013. Mm. Yeah. Is it time to say, look... Brooke and David, Soz. Yeah. We need to link to the past. <laughs> right, exactly. Load up your Super Nintendos. Yeah, 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 Not yeah. Not the current console du jour in 2013, but whatever. No, no, no. This is the Oracle of Seasons, season one, in fact. Hmm, that may be more accurate. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad that you bring this up because I think it is important before we jump directly into the recap of episode one of The Bachelor Australia... We should talk a little bit about the world in 2013. Yeah, this is it. You know, we are here to recap The Bachelor Australia season one. It aired in 2013. Fuck, I don't remember that time. Yeah. Uh, this is the year that you and I met. Is that correct? I want to say that sounds right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So I thought we would talk. Um, oh, man, I had other news stuff. Does it matter? What I mean, what else could possibly have happened? Conrad's an artist now. Oh, I did see that. <laughs> Yep, yep. Carly has a boyfriend. Do you see that? Oh, no, I didn't Good know that. Her. Good on you. Yeah, his name is like Starboard or something. <laughs> Are you sure he's not a slide of a boat? Not. <laughs> I'm dating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. After Jimmy's season, yeah, Holly has yeah. started dating the side of a well, Fucking Carly started dating the side of a boat. No, uh, um, his name is um, Peter Bangs. <laughs> Peter Bangs! Related to she? <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, what? I mean, some of this shit really doesn't matter. Batchy babies on the way. Baby oh, we got round a couple. Up. Yep. Mary and Connor are having their second baby together. Remember Connor? Guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> stop thinking about him. Uh, Ex Bachelorette Becky Miles is having a baby with her non-Pete man man. Oh yeah, yeah, non-Pete man man. Mm-hmm. Um, his name I do not know. Doesn't I will matter. Never learn it doesn't matter. Uh, Sam and Schnez are expecting another baby. There you go. Sam has also just launched his new fitness and health podcast, The Wood Life. Oh, Christ. Sure. Two babies at once. Uh, season four's <laughs> Steph Dixon has a baby due in April. I'm almost certain there are more. I tried to do a little yep. roundup. I was going through the Instagram and I was like, God, it was so many. When I wasn't looking at this yeah, every yeah, single yeah. day. Well, you couldn't kill two birds with one schnoz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. Um, Brooke Cleal has joined Cameo. Who? Brooke from Jimmy's season. Oh! Yeah, the yeah, Brooke. yeah. The, the other Brooke. past Brooke. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Brooke of the past. Mm-hmm. She yep. has joined Cameo. Great Cameo Zelda is at game. $25 right now. Okay. That's actually pretty good. That's a good rate for her. Yeah, she is joining the likes of... Here is my <laughs> Cameo roundup. Vaco. Oh, Vaco. Mm-hmm. Heather Maltman. Uh, Patty Collier. Oh, no. Stuff's always been happening with him. Uh, Helena, although he did get, what, shot? What happened to him? He got stabbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stabby Collier. It seems like it has changed Wait, no, did he get better. shot? No, he got stabbed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, stabby Shottier? No, that, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Eleanor. Mm-hmm. The, the famous Eleanor from the quote. Yep. Um, Alex McKay. Monique Morley. So Another... what quote was that? Uh, I have feelings. Mm-hmm. For Eleanor. Okay, William Shatner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. That's all you get. That's great. Okay. 
Um, Alex McKay, yep. some problems with him. Uh, Monique Molly, some problems with her. Uh, Michael D. Turnbull, Bella Varellis, Jackson Garlic, Caitlin oh, Hope, Hope, Hope. Oh, I remember her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, from uh, Lachlan's season. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mary Vitturino. Yep. Remember um, Mary? She married Connor. Raise a neat. Florence Alexandra. Remember Fraser's tattoo? Jeez, this is just a. <laughs> Isn't this a nice little recap? Little Memory Road. Uh, and of course, Bill Goldsmith. Just out of curiosity, I listed a lot of names there. Who would you say is charging the most for a cameo out of those people? Of those people, mm-hmm. who values themselves the most highly? Mm. That's the question that you're asking. And I think that the people who value themselves the most highly, probably because of her modeling situation, mm-hmm. Vaco. Interesting. And because of their narcissi- narcissism mm. situations, mm-hmm. Bill and Michael. Right. Okay. So, uh, 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 <laughs> keep that in. Vaco is tied as the cheapest with Brooke. Oh, no. Um, and Alex, um, sorry, Michael D. Turnbull is only $40. So not too bad. MBT. The most expensive is, of course, Bill Goldsmith at $85 Christ. for a cameo. Jesus. And the amount that I was hovering over that button today and being like, <sighs> what happens if we ask? What happens if we send $85 to Bill Goldsmith and have him introducing the podcast every week or whatever? That's pretty fun. It's kind of funny. I don't it, want the man okay. to have $85. So, okay. So is the first tier of tier of, of Patreon subscription, <laughs> right? Yeah. You spend $5 a month mm-hmm. when we get enough $5 is Bill Goldsmith intro. Or is, are we launching a separate tier of the Patreon? <laughs> if you give us $85 a month, we will get a new Bill Goldsmith. <laughs> every, every month. month. <laughs> That's really fun. Do yeah. not give us money. Please we will not spend that. it on we Bill. We will not do that. <laughs> we'll spend our bills on Bill. Uh, I also have a really, really big list of bachelor people who celebrated an Australia Day party in 2022. I'm not going to get into it. Probably it was fucked. Not. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. The franchise is unethical. We shouldn't expect anything of these people. Yep. When any of them are good, it's a fucking miracle. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, oh, I have some news. Oh, please. Um, Sophie, remember Termaloaf? From a few yeah. seasons ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She got mad diarrhea on a plane. No! Yeah. Tamaloaf! Yep, yep. Posted it to Instagram. She posted was like, it? Yeah. Not, not it. <laughs> posted Choose the information words, and then said, I'll let you use your imagination. And oh boy, did I imagine the vividest <laughs> shit that I've ever imagined. <laughs> oh, I thought some prayers go out to Tamaloaf mm-hmm. in these trying times. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't know. I feel like that's it for the Bachelor Ketchup. Zavi, let's time travel. Let's look back. Let's go back in time and see the. I don't even remember the lyrics. The future of the past. Yeah, you can say. Like that. Yeah, isn't that Some a nonsense. Jackson Jackson song? Jackson Jackson. You remember um, Harry James Angus from the oh, Cat Empire? Oh, I do remember sort of that dance pop sort of. Uh, side yeah, yeah, pro. yeah. That's some real like seeing through your third eye kind of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to be really into that band. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Had all two of their albums. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> who gives a shit? You know what? They were probably broken up by 2013. Fucking a! Tell me about what was happening in 2013. All right, let's talk I about. Know, it. Okay, I want to know in three categories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to know what was happening in terms of the Australian television landscape. Mm-hmm. Then I kind of want to know what was happening in 
the bachelory kind of landscape. No, no, no? no I'll set it up. It's yeah, fine. you set it up. So, The Bachelor Australia premiered and aired its first episode on Channel 10 at 7.30pm on Sunday, September 8th, 2013. And I want to talk about a little bit about what the world was like back then, all the way back in 2013. It's yeah. not that long of a time ago, but like a pretty different time in a lot of ways. I too. lived in a house without doors. Is that true? The Callan house that I lived in. Yeah, no doors. Did not have doors in the uh, to oh, either bedroom. You told me about this. And the toilet was outside. Mm, yeah. Mm, what a way to live. Not the best, but we no. ended up getting doors. We pressured the land. What do you call that person? The Lord. landowner, landlord. Yeah, landowner. The lord of land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an insane term. Don't yeah, get we me said wrong. our father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I, I want to talk a bit about like just what uh, Australia was going through at this time. Um, it's just some, some major events, some interesting things that I noticed about when I was looking back in on 2013. Uh-huh. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit about what Australia's TV landscape was like at that time. Yes. And, you know, the ecosystem that The Bachelor was appearing into. And then uh, I'd like to talk a bit more about what our lives were like. Yeah, fuck yeah. That then. sounds just fun. Just for a bit of flavor. Yeah, you know? yeah. So maybe the most important thing that I have found out in my life <laughs> I don't know how to set this up Excellent I learned something very interesting That I probably should have put together some time ago Okay But I was looking at What what major events were happening in the world Right around that date Of like September 8th, 2013 Obviously my 21st birthday was the next day We'll get that out of the way first mm-hmm, It's a mm-hmm. big deal Everybody's crazy partying I played, a, I played a gig Yeah, that's right Yeah Absolutely Yeah, yeah, yeah um, okay, I was going to save that for the third part of just, like, stuff that was happening in my oh, life right great. there. Okay, well, no, no, no. Well, like, well, why don't we do that first? We, okay, all right, okay. I was having a great time. I yep. was studying my Bachelor of Arts degree. Yep. Taking a lot of courses about music. Yep. I was working at JB Hi-Fi. I recall. Uh, I was in two bands. One was a ska band. One was, a, oh, so like, were. indie pop band. Very beginnings of Dr. Space Band. Yes, band. yes. Uh, and what else? Um... I was coming up to the 100th episode of my previous podcast, which oh. I've never really discussed on here. Yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah, the Joystick Podcast. It. it was a video game podcast yeah. where we got sick of talking about video games uh, easily halfway through it and then kept it going for many years. <laughs> uh, when it became more and more of a toxic and hideous thing to talk about video games in public. Oh, shit, during, yeah. During, like, Gamergate and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a trying time. Um... Look, I don't know. Violent Soho's Hungry Ghost just came out. Yep. A couple of days before. Good record. Pretty good record. I mean, I don't know. Now I'm just... T- now this is just filler. Let's talk about the important events of Australia. Okay. Oh, wait. Unless you want to talk about anything that was going on in your ma- life that you can remember. Uh, I was living in Sydney in the house without doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the toilet was out the back and there was a window between the toilet and the kitchen. Yeah, you love that. Really good so stuff So you can keep there. an eye on things. Yep. I had... Uh, just gotten my first contract at Triple J Great. to start doing radio full time. You and I had just met. We had not formed a band yet. Yeah. But I did play uh, a set at your 21st birthday uh, during which your mum said to me, that was so good. Please stop saying cunt. Yeah, don't say cunt. <laughs> Which, like, my, my mum has always regretted saying that to it's you. Great feedback. It's, it's, it's really fun. good yeah, feedback, though. Good story. Maybe the most important thing, though, is that there was an Australian federal election that was held on uh, September the 7th, 
2013. Oh, yeah. It was the day before this premiere episode um, in which Tony Abbott and the center-right Liberal National Coalition opposition, I don't like saying that, no. won in a landslide. Yeah. So this election marked the end of the Rudd-Gillard-Rudd Labor government, which had been in power since 2007. Rudd-Gillard-Rudd. <laughs> Fuck, they fucked it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and heralded the beginning of the current Abbott, Turnbull, Morrison, Liberal National Coalition government, which has maintained power ever since. So somehow, in all of my thinking and researching and pontificating and discussing this TV show, this franchise, The Australian Bachelor... Yeah. It has eluded me that the Australian version of this show has entirely existed within the liberal, liberal government's reign. Yeah. Isn't that kind of wild to think about? I think about it through the lens of the ABC, mm-hmm. which is operating with less budget mm. today, 2022, mm. than it was operating with in 2013. Mm. And I think about that because there have been six Sharknados since then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like, there are all of these little harbingers of time mm. and businesses in the pocket of, of government and media outlets who are trying to serve an audience that, particularly at that time, they knew much less about. Yeah. And that over time they have started to try to and you know whether it is through their own means or whether it is through the means of uh third-party data gathering information Hmm. about and i suppose obviously we have as a society quote-unquote have have made a lot of progress since Hmm. (laughs) since that time Hmm. i'm i'm understating it but i i also mean it in the way that is like Although not necessarily in terms of Australia's political environment. Yeah, yeah. The the undercurrent has changed so substantially, hmm. but the umbrella that we exist under hmm. is is just as ambiguous. <laughs> it's an umbrella of ambiguity, of course. Yeah, very good. Um, it's it's interesting to me to think about just the Bachelor and Bachelorette and this this um, franchise feels inherently conservative to me yeah and um yeah you know it is obviously something that started in the u.s which is a country with its own political environment that we don't necessarily know a huge amount of as as much about i mean you know we know a lot about it but whatever um that that country has gone through more different political change in the time that they have had the bachelor than since we have had it definitely uh in terms of a globe i'm sorry in terms of a national political you know space anyway yeah for sure Um, but it is just interesting like i wonder if uh political environment in australia changes will the bachelor change or vice versa you know i I posited this to evie before um i I was talking to her about you know i'd learned this thing and i was like isn't that so crazy and then she was like oh do you think it's the bachelor's fault that (laughs) we've had like a right-wing government in australia ever since (sighs) yeah i mean it's a i mean it's not fuck no, we're not going to reverse engineer this. No, I mean, look, <laughs> it's very convenient. It's just an interesting it, yeah, bit look, of Yeah, but no, you're absolutely right that it does 
to an extent because of, of advertising and because of what we know about who our intended audiences are, dictate particularly the tropes that have been established within the, the framework of this show that continue to this day. And we will get, I reckon, two minutes into our recap before we're like, there it is, that one as well, mm. still seeing this in 2022. Sure. And those those tropes exist i suppose for a reason that is informed by the the climate that we have existed under mm. you know mm. yeah or i, I mean, would i would hypothesize it's 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 real street straight people shit is this what we're talking about like yeah fucking hey it's straight yeah. people shit but it's also like um it's like family values. Yeah, shit. family like, values. You know. Not to give too much away, but like, old mate Tim Tim Robard says that he feels like James Bond mm. in the first episode of The Bachelor, two thousand and thirteen. Jimmy Nicholson echoed that exact sentiment. Yeah, that's true. During this last season of The Bachelor, mm. where are we going with like? <laughs> We like it is just like anyway. Subscribe to our Patreon. I have, I have some real about thoughts about yeah, about yeah. how we have established tropes and how we have stuck to them, mm. rather than uh, shifting with the current, particularly when it comes to the Bachelor. Yeah. Um, the obvious exception to the rule being the most the most recent season with Brooke, which was the highest streaming, but also the lowest rated season of mm. the show of all time. So. Mm. Mm. Uh, just some other Australian, I tried to keep it relevant. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the, um, same year as the bachelor's premiere, the marriage equality act 2013 came into effect, which legalized same sex marriage in the Australian capital territory. Yes. This was the first law of its kind in the country, but of course it would take several years before it was begrudgingly made legal on a national level. After a postal survey confirmed overwhelming support for the idea in 2017, uh, same government. It's not. We don't have to do politics. Yeah, we <laughs> don't have to just like, do politics. Yeah. What else? Uh, let me think. Um, Lords Royals came out in 2013. Oh, yeah, yeah. Couple of other huge events in Australia in 2013. None of them super relevant. The worst bushfires in New South Wales since the 1960s. Yep. Uh, the closing of the Sydney monorail. <laughs> I don't know. Oh fuck! I forgot the monorail. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I watched. Uh, I watched a really great Australian movie called Two Hands for the first time. Yeah. Right. Uh, recently, in which there is a great scene that takes place in the monorail. Oh. And I was like, "This is great. We've captured the monorail on film. Now I can experience it whenever I want." <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Australian TV. Yeah. 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 So by the end of 2013, Australia's last analog television signal is switched off, completing the country's transition to digital TV. Um, We're looking at really popular shows this year uh, in the reality TV space in particular. It is like fully like peak reality TV, particularly for Australia. Fuck yeah. We're talking about the finale of My Kitchen Rules fourth season, which is watched by a record breaking 3.27 million viewers. Wild. Um, The Voice is the most watched series of 2013. Right. The Block Sky High is a huge hit with young viewers also drawing in over 3 million viewers for its finale. Australia's gobbling up reality TV like nobody's business, which is good, obviously, because there's a new kid in town, The Bachelor Australia. Um, which at this point, you know, I mean, this is, this is an adaptation of the American season uh, of the American show, The Bachelor. Yes. We all know this, obviously. Yes. At this point, it's 17 seasons deep. 
Um, and it is itself probably a couple of years away from its peak. Yeah. But uh, there had, I, I believe at this point, already been a UK version. Yep. Um, and it is just starting to really spread its tendrils all out across the world. At this point, there are dozens of international versions that I'm very curious about all of them, but cannot understand most of the languages. You know, all but one, because <laughs> I'm <laughs> fucking rube. Uh, but... You know, I don't. I don't have a huge amount of information. There is not a huge amount. Like, there is no oral history necessarily. There is not a huge amount of like. No. People who have spoken out after you know this is what it was like to make this show or whatever. Um, you know, bringing the show to Australia, adapting it for the audience here beyond what is going to be evident from us watching it. I'm hoping that we will be able to pull some things. Um, I've already found a tiny bit of like. Just from going on Google and searching only results from 2013, right. like uh, res- res- responses from people and the way that, you know, news coverage and stuff like that was talking about it. And that yeah. Kind of thing, which yeah. I'm interested to dig a bit more into as we proceed through this season. Me too. I'm sure we will talk about the rise of Mamma Mia and, and Rosie Waterland yeah, during this time. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't finding a huge number of hits for those sites because I think you're right that they were kind of springing up and becoming larger parts of the media landscape because of like this peak reality TV sort of Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that Rosie Waterland's coverage of The Bachelor was almost as uh I don't know. It was it was a big thing. Yeah, at it the was time. an integral part of the experience. Yeah. Of of participating. You know, yeah. you weren't just watching these shows. You were involved in the conversation. Right, and, exactly. You know, and it wasn't like you had your choice of six podcasts. Yes, exactly. You instead had the source yeah it's also i think it's worth noting that the production company that has made the show since we began covering it in 2016 yeah uh, warner brothers international television production is not the company that made this season yeah there was shine endemol right yeah it was in fact before endemol had even become part of the picture it was just shine australia um and i think it's just worth noting that because it'll be interesting to see whether we can spot any significant differences in the production yeah. beyond just whatever we can put down to it being the first season and then working some things out. Yeah. Um, if we sense, like, a tonal difference, you know? If we sense, like... Um, I mean, obviously, things change all the time. Sure. In this show, and they have within the era of Warner Brothers as well. Yeah. But, like, if we can sense, like, a like a different direction or anything like that. I'll right. Be, I'll be right. Yeah. Is there one production company, for example, who might be more amenable to the phrase a uh, dog cunt? <laughs> well, I wonder if dog cunt comes up in this season. Yeah. Will it be bleeped? Will it, you know, like <laughs> I noticed actually, and this doesn't matter to anyone except yeah, me. Yeah. It's rated PG, which oh. I, I believe it is still rated PG, but I actually don't know. No, I don't. I don't. I. I don't. Yeah, I don't really know either. I it's will. PG for language. Oh. Let me tell you. That's probably still what it is, though, right? And the final series of Dog Cunt the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to say Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> ah, that's so much better. That's so much oh, better. This is why we're a team, Maxi. Thank you. Punching it up. Uh, it ended in 2013. Yeah. Wow. There you go. So it was a bit of a passing of the torch. Yeah. From one dog cunt to another. <laughs> anyway, um, Tim Robards was approached for the role of The Bachelor. I learned about this from an interview that he gave on, like, uh, I listened to an old archived, uh, uh, smooth, not, not Smooth FM, like 104.1. Sure. Kiss, Today FM. Today, Kiss, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Uh, there is not a huge amount of information online about how it was put together. Shooting took place between July 9th and September 15th. 
Yeah, right. Um, I found a clip of Osher Ginsberg being interviewed about the choice of the lead role. Uh-huh. Uh, he's on a red carpet somewhere where he describes his, quote, man crush on him, which is a very 2013 phrase that I have not heard in a long time. Fucking A, yeah. I'm going to roll that clip, actually, because I downloaded it. Yep. Our bachelor Tim is such a remarkable man. He is, without a doubt, the most eligible bachelor in Australia, hands down. He's 30, he's got his own practice, he's a chiropractor, he's devastatingly good-looking, he has beautiful hands, he has an exceptionally good relationship with his parents, loves his mother, talks to her a few times a day. He's such a catch. It's kind of weird that he's not taken at this point, um, but I do know that he's he's ready to settle in, he's ready to find love. And... Goodness, I, I'm a, you know, I'm gushing about it. I'm such a man crush on him. It's not even funny. Uh, all right, look, that's about all the scene setting that I have um, for the top of the show. I feel like the the next thing that we can do to really understand what the world was like at this time is to buy ourselves a ticket for the local Jeez. pool. You notice I try and set it up differently every time, but it always has to be pool related. <laughs> I was like, it's time to chalk is... up our queue. And, uh, <laughs> it's time to visit the marshalling tent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to uh, strap Put on our goggles, weird little caps. You know, endorse the brand Zogs. <laughs> I would buy shares in to- in Zog. Well, I can't even say the name, so I'm not going to do that. Okay, all right. Well, look, we'll have There's to see a number of reasons why. Zogs is floated on the Australian stock exchange. Mm. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have a look into it. To dive deep <laughs> into The Bachelor, Australia, season uno, episode one. It's the fucking first one ever. Isn't that crazy? Draw four, baby. <laughs> In my wildest dreams, I never thought I would become The Bachelor. This opening line is spoken by 30-year-old Sydney-based chiropractor Tim Robards, who sits on a beach looking out over the horizon as waves swell. Also spoken by... Every other Bachelor <laughs> yeah. in seasons to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is funny how not different this is. Yeah. Like, when I booted this episode up, I was like, oh, fuck. Is it going to be just the exact fucking same thing? <sighs> Which not I'm, far off. Yeah, I'm worried about that. But there are some key points of difference. Definitely. We'll uh, from the first moment, I like that we've got the sense of wish fulfillment. I think, like, the show totally understands what it needs to do right yep. off the bat. Um You've got the wish fulfillment. You've got the I've dreamed of this forever sort of attitude. Uh-huh. You've also got this like fetishization of the Australian setting. Um, because one thing that, that I've been reflecting on is the fact that this is an Australian adaptation of an American show. Yeah. And so even in ways that we don't necessarily think about now, um, I, I am attuned to the ways that they are Australianizing it. Yeah. And um, there are certain characters, and by that, of course, I am just talking about one, who really reflect like a quite specific brand or strain of Australianism. Yes. That like you would never see anywhere else, which I'm excited to talk about a bit later. Me too. We have to wait a few minutes to see Tom, Tim Robards shirtless though. Uh, we then cut to a sizzle reel of action-packed dates as Rihanna's frankly perfect 2010 hit only girl in the world yeah. plays fucking loud. Uh, <laughs> pretty good. I'm getting stoked. They don't do, I don't think they do like a big pop song. Anymore. They definitely don't have the budget for it. Is that it? I think it's probably it, right? Yeah. It's just like licensing. They're like, we don't have to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. like we know that we have an inbuilt audience for this show and yeah. we simply do not need you 
Hmm. Rihanna, congratulations on hmm. your pregnancy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we said we told each other that we would not record another podcast until Rihanna was pregnant. And you know what? <laughs> she and ASAP Rocky. Yeah. ASAP Ricky. <laughs> hey Ricky, you're so. <laughs> when did Ricky? it? Yeah. Um. Yeah, we said we would not record a podcast until both the Mighty Mighty Bostones broke up, and <laughs> Rihanna got pregnant. <laughs> We swore it. We said, I will die before I do it. And oh, then, thank God they did. Yeah. 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 What uh, a mighty, mighty lost tone. Oh, no. <laughs> um, good bitey, bitey. <laughs> Both times. <laughs> uh, we have voiceover from Osher Ginsburg telling us that the 25 women vying for Tim's affections are ready to open their hearts for love. The only thing standing in their way is each other. Record scratch. This- this was peculiar to me mm-hmm. for two reasons. Firstly, tonally, Osher is usually now much more hushed. Yes, absolutely. So much more self-aware. Yeah. This is Australian Idol era, Osher. I mean, he's not technically in that era. But no, I'm like, he's only a few years removed. But I think he has gotten better over time of delineating all of his different hosting gigs. Definitely. And you see that with like the cranked up to 11 he gets on Mars Singer. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, necessarily Bachelor has become this very sort of low voice yeah yeah yeah. like he's he's much more muted Mm. in these seasons and like formal yeah totally Uh, but he is still impeccable in his delivery i don't want to take anything away from the man yeah the the way that he is locked in here yeah is uh is is uh commendable and it's formative for the show yeah yeah it's true they need an anchor um, we get some body shaming, we get some accusations of, quote, just playing the game, uh, we get a slow motion shot of a rose falling to the floor as the colour fades out from the image. This was the funniest part. This was the <laughs> funniest part of the show for me. It was so visual good. poetry yeah. happening here. I don't... This is some real Emily Dickinson shit. <laughs> I don't think you get that much... You know, they, they have fun with editing in different ways, I think, these yep, days. Yeah, um, Obviously, it's just, like, different people, different attitudes, different style, different yeah. that kind of thing. But, like, for some reason, this kept getting me. There are a couple of other points where we suck all of the color out of the image. And I'm just like, this is like an anime death. Oh, like, my God. It's yes. so dramatic. Yes. Uh, we see kisses, tender moments. And then, finally, we see an as-yet-unknown figure who we will later learn to be Ali Oatjen telling Tim... I'm really falling in love with you. This is a good setup, I think. I like, think so too. I think you can feel the producers like backing themselves and having some fresh energy in their hearts and stuff and like just really buying into the show's potential. Yeah. And like obviously they have to, like they need to convince you that it's all going to work out and be exciting and fun and stuff. Yep. But like there are some seasons, in retrospect, where you can look back and be like, boy, they really weren't feeling it this time, Oh, no. You know? This feels, I don't know, alive with hope and prosperity. Mm-hmm. How little we knew. <laughs> it's much like all of us in 2013. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, cut to the first ever Australian Bachelor Mansion. This is not, of course, the current Bachelor Mansion or the one before or the one before or maybe even the one before that. No, this is the OG B-Man. <laughs> That's what they called it. Yep. The OG B-Man. Uh, they changed its name from La Joie de Vivre. Oh. <laughs> well, she is the lady in OG. red who... <laughs> <when> everyone <laughs> yeah. else is... Anyway. Yeah. Uh, it is a luxury estate called La Joie de Vivre in Sydney's northern beaches, specifically 68 Mincara Road, Bayview, if you're planning Christ. a trip. 
it is the <laughs> home of former freight tycoon Greg Poach, who sold freight trucking company Star Trek Express for $435 million in 2003 after starting it in 1972. Oh, God. Do you know how he likes his eggs? <laughs> his Greg's? <laughs> I'll take my Greg's poach. I'll take my... <laughs> ah, Greg, <laughs> Uh, uh, we're allowed to make jokes about him because he was Australia's 43rd richest person no, uh, in 2015 no did you say it was Shineheart Media is that yeah <laughs> she, she was a shining magnate yeah great uh, I think he's an okay millionaire as far as <laughs> people with hundreds of millionaires go uh, I think he's given to some charities and stuff I don't okay, know he's not the right. worst uh, all right. look <laughs> don't be a hundred millionaire yeah, okay, look. if you have the choice yeah look it's it. you know what find love give it away do the same with your money yes absolutely um, anyway, standing by the pool is our host, Osher Ginsberg, who introduces us to the show as the camera pans around the, frankly, kind of bizarre decorations yeah. in the mansion. Yeah, what's happening Just here? Just, like, too many colours. What? I don't know if this is a thing in 2013, we're all listening to that Grizzly Bear the Catamast record or whatever, and, like... Are we still in LMFAO era? <laughs> we might be. I mean, yeah, it's definitely, like, hyper-colour... Not hyper-colour in the 80s way, but just, like, you know, uh... I don't know. What is it? It's just Red like foo, internet culture. Green foo, blue foo. <laughs> All the colors of the rain foo. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we see our first glamour shot of Tim shirtless as he gives what I would describe as a very standard introductory monologue <laughs> saying he's been in love before, but it hasn't worked out. He's excited and ready to try again. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. We briefly see his parents, but like really briefly, there's some other extended family. His grandma says she loves him. Uh, they're putting together a Sunday barbecue. He's a family man. It's very Jimmy, isn't yeah. it? Isn't it? That's true. Yeah. Um, we're lucky that there is a family guy. That. Um, we also briefly see him at work doing whatever it is that a chiropractor does. Yeah, I don't know. He's like, turn your neck this way and then I'll crack you. <laughs> yeah. He, the person turns their neck and he's like... Great, thanks. Cracked it. Yeah, that'll be $1,500 or whatever. Yeah. My word. Uh, we see him being very muscly and very shirtless, shaving and getting ready for night one. It's the type of shot you still see, because people like looking at a hunk. People a love looking at a hunk, getting rid of some stubs. Can I just say, yeah. Tim is very hot. Oh, he's beautiful. Like He's, he's like a beautiful man. Unobjectionably, no matter what you think about any of other, other aspects of him, I feel like he's a decent, like, he's a he's a pretty sensible choice for the first Bachelor, and we haven't really talked a. about this at all. Oh, this is, it's it's really smart in that he is a beautiful man with a job. Yes, and he's not uh, someone who has $435 million from selling their freight trunk company. Yeah. Like, he is not unbelievably prosperously wealthy, or, yep. you know, he doesn't look like he necessarily inherited the entire world or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But There's something about him that says white affluence, though. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, you're never going to have to work a day in your life if you end up with him. Word. Well, actually, I don't know if that's true, because someone does end up with him, and I don't want to, like, cast aspersions on what their actual life is like, necessarily, because um, I don't know. <laughs> that's I another thing. I cast aspersions. Yeah, okay. Well, um, I, I have, have you... We haven't addressed this. Have you seen this season? Do you know what happens... Max Quinn. Okay, so I do know what happens. Uh-huh. So I've only seen little bare bones of this season. Yeah. There were bits where I was tuned in, there were bits where I was tuned out, but I'm watching along as if it is my first time yeah. this time. 
that's kind of i mean i've watched this season i've watched this season once or me like I, when it when it was airing i caught one or two episodes uh and i watched it again like a few years ago okay um but it's mostly pretty new to me yeah i can't really remember like i remember the placing of the last few people or whatever but i don't really remember what happens along the way do you know i know who comes third and who comes first but i don't know who comes second you know what's funny is i cannot keep the face or name of the person who comes second in my head there is just no information there for me where like we have done so many years of talking about this show right right it should be right there it simply is not but the cultural like i don't mean to you know, whatever about this person, yeah, who I don't even remember who they are, yeah. But I'm like, they're, they're uh, they, they ceased to exist within the Bachelor franchise after that point. Isn't in the it way that wild? In the way that you now look, Jay Lyle said it. Mm. It's better to come second. Yeah. We don't know if it's true. We didn't agree at the time, but yeah. Uh, look, yeah, uh, take it, this as your example. It's better to come second in 2021 than it is to come second in 2013. Let that's me say that. True. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe that's what she said, and they just cut her off. <laughs> All right, uh, it's time for a few video packages to introduce the women, um, or just a handful of them. Kind of interesting, the ones that they pick. So we start with Anna Heinrich. Hein- Heinrich? Heinrich. The Heinrich Maneuver. That's all I can think of when yep. I see her name. Uh, she is a 26-year-old criminal... Oh, criminal lawyer from Sydney. Good. Yep, yep. clarifying that. Yep. Uh, we see her putting law books on a law bookshelf and then cut to her as she walks past a building with law written on it in big letters. Oh, good. This is sort of a subtle hint as to what she does for What work. is it that? Uh, I don't know, but I'm hoping we'll find out later. Uh, we see her sitting in a park and reading a newspaper. Oh. Which I believe is like a printed out version of part of the internet that they used to sell in the shops. I think you can get like... Twitter downloads or something like I guess it's something like that yeah it doesn't seem personalized enough for me. I don't know how they would have possibly yeah. made it how is this my for you page this doesn't yeah. make any sense we meet Nikki Quinlan a 23 year old professional skateboarder from the Sunshine Coast who loves doing adventurous things we watch a skateboard we watch a surf we watch a fucking jump out of a plane we, we don't what here is some information for you okay please I've worked with Nikki Quinlan before really yes wow so you probably know her at all, at all, because this TV show does not let us get to know her. So, I only know her in the way that she is a professional skatey person who was interested in music, and a mm-hmm. few years ago for Triple J Unearthed, she helped us with a project that was like, hey, here's some cool music that you could listen to uh, while you're skating. Cool. Or, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we tried to form, like, mood playlists yeah, yeah. or... I forget what what exactly the thing was, but mm. she was one of the many people we approached, and she was like, "Yeah, sick. That sounds good." And so when she popped up on this show, yeah, I was like, "Oh, she's oh. in the Bachelor Land." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, crazy. Um, well, we don't. She's not a big focus of this episode. As it turns out, no. It is. It is quite surprising that she has given a video package up the top. It is essentially, yeah. without spoiling the outcome of this episode, it's basically a red herring. She's like, "I'm interesting." Yeah. And you we're know, like, oh, I'm interested. Yeah. And she's like, gotta go. <laughs> yeah, rough. Um, we meet Alana Gray. Um, by the way, I'm sourcing all of these people's surnames from a lot of very laborious research. Yeah. Because most of this shit has completely faded from, like, history. Oh, yeah. 2013 doesn't exist on the internet in such yeah. a weird way, unless it's on, like, the AV Club or something, where right. there is, like, real historical evidence of some shit that happened on The Bachelor 10 years ago. Yeah, a lot of this is, like, unfortunately, like, from Facebook. Oh, my like, God. Yeah, it has just been wiped from 
wiped from memory, except mm. for the one woman who came on screen and said, "Hi, I'm Kara Henderson," or whatever it was. Mm. There, yeah. Oh, there are yeah, there were one or two who say their full name. Yeah, where I'm like, that never happens anymore. Very strange. Anyway, Alana Gray, she's 29. She's a flight attendant from Melbourne. She says she's been told she's a bit of an airhead, but that's okay. Well, she's a flight attendant because she goes up in the air. You oh, see? that's cute. Yeah. She's like an airhead air hostess. Yeah. I don't think we yeah. use that term anymore. It's like, but... yep. Yeah, nope. We don't. No. I don't well, know. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Ma- maitre d' of the sky. <laughs> maitre dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, she says, I think I'm single because I just date dickheads. It's as simple as Love that. that. Perfect. Straight great up. This is great reality TV from yeah. Australia in 2013. Yeah. Natalie Sadie, uh, 34 years old, is a model from Melbourne who loves bridal shoots. We will learn a bit more about her predilection for all things wedding a Upcoming. bit later on. Uh, and then Ali Ogen, she is 27 years old. She is a real estate agent from Adelaide, and we see her eating a fancy little chocolate and reading a book in a cafe, and then making a necklace out of daffodils in the park. Yeah, real daisy chain situation here, yeah. isn't it? I thought this was really like it's just fucking iconic behavior. Like, yeah, to have thought of doing that, or you know, I can only assume this was her idea to yeah. do the Daisy Chain. Thing yeah, totally. Because nobody else has ever or will ever do it. I'm just like, this is great. Like for some reason, this makes me instantly connect to her, and I feel like she becomes a fan favorite in this season. There's something about Ali in this season that is really meaningful that I think that we missed the first time around. Yeah. Yeah, we covered Ali's season. Right. The, I don't know, the way that she is endearing on the camera. Yeah. Is kind of beautiful. I feel like the show might have done her a bit dirty. We will definitely get into it as the season progresses. Yeah, yeah. But at least for this little bit, I'm like, I don't know, I can see it. Yeah, and like she became... um, over the course of this series, this season airing, she became like a fan favorite. Yeah. And probably in a way, because people are viewing reality TV differently in 2013 to the way that they do now. Yes. In a way that probably felt like people were just naturally making a connection to their favorite character. Totally. Where now I look back on this and go like, oh, they're planting seeds. Like every time she's on screen, you know, she's lingering a little longer than the others. Oh my god, they're presenting her with the, the full crazy edit from right from the start. They're giving I think. her beautiful strings. Yeah. Do you think it's a crazy edit? I, I do. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. I think it's like... Um, like, overly attached girlfriend is so popular oh. at this time. I think that's what it is. Okay, that wasn't my interpretation. I'll be interested to see how it, how it proceeds from here, because I don't really know. From here, I just think it's like, she's the girl next door. She's like the sweetest cutie pie you've yeah. ever seen. You know? Um, like there are really obtuse ways that this show and we'll get into it mm. cast these women as like there's something wrong with her yes you know yeah whereas this is more like we're playing the long game with this mm. but every time we hear from her we're building this narrative of like he's perfect and i can't get enough yes you know yeah. she's definitely like, if you met this person in real life, you would think they were cranked up a little too high. Yeah. I just feel like it's more in tune with uh, the flow of the show. Definitely. You know, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. After a quick pep talk with Osha, it's time for Tim to meet the women. This plays out in a pretty interesting way in the sense that these days I feel like this is a really well-established formula where, like, you know, you'll have a few people here who kind of get skipped over and then you'll have a really important one. Yep. And then you'll have a funny one. Yeah. And then you'll have like 
you know, but all, all of the beats seem really well worked out. Whereas yep. like this kind of just feels like the order they came out. Definitely. You know, there are a few that they managed to skip over in the middle and we'll talk about that. But like, this is, there's not quite as much like specificity to the planning of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little bit higgledy-piggledy, I guess. But, you know, we'll, we'll see, draw your own conclusions. First up is Laura Klemesha, I want to say. Um, Klemesha, is... I hardly... <laughs> uh, 24-year-old customer relations... Um, customer relative. What is a person who is customer relations? Mm, customer relations. I feel like that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, much like we saw on the first American season, uh, this is not an elaborate entrance. No. This is not... There's no costume. There's no planned performance. There's no, you know, they brought a friend. There's yeah. no animal. You know, this is just somebody who gets out. She says she's feeling a little bit nervous. And Tim says, just be yourself. And then she goes inside. <laughs> it's like... This is another moment where I'm like, oh god, <laughs> if we pick the most we, boring season, yeah, ever exactly, made. yeah. Um, up next is Emma Rose, uh, 25, an events manager from Brisbane, who says her red dress matches the carpet. Emma, like Laura, says she's nervous, but she feels lucky to be there, and she heads inside. Goodbye. And I'm like, these days you would not lead with this. You Absolutely would not. Want not. This to You'd be, be like. This is the woman that he's going to marry. Yeah, or at least like the first person would be like. You know, if not the most marriage material, then maybe like the the like sexiest. Yeah, or, like, yeah you the go sexy or the, the most, most interesting. Yeah, the, the most of something. You yeah, know? yeah. You, thank you. Yeah, um, Sarah May Amy, who mostly goes by Sarah in the show. Sarah May Amy. Sarah May Amy. Christ. Um, may she may she just <laughs> she may well. We should find out if she ever did. Yeah, because it's been a few years now. <laughs> Uh, a 22-year-old florist from the Gold Coast ITM something about having planned her wedding already. Uh, oh, yeah, I liked her. Yeah. Um, this was silly. Yeah, she's also... She's the first person to ask Tim about himself, like, something about himself. <sighs> Which um, he loves. Yeah. We I mean, know from later in this episode that he simply adores this. Yes, yes, that's true. Uh, in ITM, Tim says she, quote, looks like Jessica Rabbit and, quote, seems very natural. So I'm just like... Did he notice her head, or was Bro, it just like the at titties, which though? point did you did you read Animorphs? <laughs> Wait, what? And how did you get stuck with that? <laughs> what do you mean? Do you think Jessica Rabbit's for Animorphs? Lola Bunny is what I'm thinking That's of. Space Jam. Yeah, yeah. Whoops. What's Jessica Rabbit? I'm just gonna have to. Who look framed up. Roger Rabbit? Look her up. You'll. But don't masturbate while we're recording. No, hang on, Jessica Rabbit. Quotes? No. Well, I love that quotes is the first thing. Mm. I'm not oh, bad. I was just drawn that way. It's a woman. Yeah. It's a human woman. Yeah, but she's she's in bed with a rabbit. She's like married to a rabbit. That's why her surname's Rabbit. Uh... The rabbit's name is Roger. He's oh. been framed. But who did it? Oh, this is fascinating for me. You'd like that movie, I think. Oh. Okay, so... It's like if she was married to, for example, Porky Pig. Yeah. She would be called Jessica Pig. Right. Even though she is a human being. Yeah. But she is a toon. See, I was thinking about Lola Bunny. Right. Different. And also animal somehow crept in. Also, look, to be honest with you, a woman morphs into an animal somehow and people find it hot. Who can say? 
Maybe I gotta reread animals. <laughs> yeah, I'm finding it hard. You know, yeah, this is it. Yeah, look, uh, we we love um, people of all denominations here on the Bachelor of Arts podcast. Presents ancient history, as human or inhuman as they may or may not be. <laughs> Try not to put your bits on anything that might not be human. All right, Max is a little more judgmental than me. <laughs> this is why there are so many more Xavier's. <laughs> Uh, Danielle Sanby, 24, an event coordinator from Melbourne, ITMs. What is Danielle? She is an event coordinator from Melbourne. What is Melbourne. Danielle? Sanby! What's that? Danielle Sanby. Why are you yelling it? Oh, no. I don't get it. <laughs> is there a joke? Well, because Danielle. What does oh, Dan- Danielle? Oh, my God. I'm the stupidest person in human <laughs> history. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Uh, Danielle Sappy! Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, 24. <laughs> She's an event coordinator from Melbourne. She ITMs that a good boyfriend will buy me lots of things. Oh, I saw this. This was funny. Yeah, I like that too. Whatever. Listener, if you're getting overwhelmed by these names right now, if we've just named a lot of names and you're like, How, are any of these people making any kind of... They're not. No. Here's the shortcut to this season is most of these people don't fucking matter you at all. You do not need to pay attention just, to I, anyone, but like, maybe I, three or four women. I want to I want to believe, yep. <laughs> as a great man once said, yep. I want to buy into everything that everybody is serving up. Yep. Maybe it's just that we watch the single episode in a vacuum, and so we're not forming the more extended bond of like having seen more of it. This is true. But I'm like, I just, I just am not getting a great deal from some of these people. No. Um, up next, though, is Ali, who is somebody who definitely leaves an impression based yes. on this first episode. She gets big vibrato-y strings and cymbal rolls, sort of signaling you to actually pay attention to this yeah. one. She introduces herself in German and says, I'm half Guten Tag and half G'day. I like that. Which, like, that's one of the best fucking things I've ever heard. Yeah. Something about this, I'm just like, she is so locked into what this show is and could be fuck yeah i don't know if this is uh hyperbole or whatever but i'm like you know the the next thing out of her mouth like tim says she looks beautiful and she says thank you it's all for you and i'm like it's as if she's been created in a lab to be perfect on this television yeah yeah she's like jessica rabbit in that way (laughs) yeah jessica labbit right jessica labbit is what she's like i've missed this uh (laughs) Oh, I love you. I might as well get my thesis statement about Ali Ojin out of the way. Up Please the top. put it out here. I feel like Ali Ojin is the reason that this season was a hit. Sick. I feel like the reason they made another season of this show is because Ali Ojin is popping. Yeah. She is demonstrating what the potential of this show is. She is locked in. Without even knowing what she's locking into. Yeah. I think she, like, lays the groundwork in a lot of interesting ways. Yeah. And I posit that the reason that she was brought back to be the Bachelorette, like, five full years after this season... Yeah. ...is that the producers owed her one. Because they look back and they were like, look... Whoops. It might have ended after one season. It might have been a grand failed experiment. You know, I feel... This is how I feel about Sam Frost, whose name I don't like to mention on this podcast, but... uh, um, She's the reason that Bachelorette exists, right? Yeah. And... and, and People were so invested in, in her. Bachelorette obviously already exists overseas. Yes. But she's the reason that they were like, we have to fucking do it here. Fucking A. And every year since then, they've been able to do it again because of that, you know? But because I feel like Ali, so much. Yeah. Ali, despite 
what happens at the end of this season. Yeah. Do we spoil it? I don't, I don't know. We haven't talked about this. She doesn't win. She doesn't win. Ali Urchin doesn't win. I mean, you know she doesn't win. She's, yeah. But I think that she performs so well, and she is so interesting, and it is so interesting to see the way that she reacts to things, and certain things that happen to her during this season, that that's what kept people coming back. Yeah. To see how she... Just, because, let's also say this, the framework is already in place for you to understand that The Bachelor is a piece of meat. Yeah. Yeah. He... Look, there's no depth. No, not particularly. In this first episode, in particular, there's really nothing here that we see that is like... He's a hot man. He's a hot man, and that is enough. You know, he has a job, and he's hot, but we don't get anything from him that says... I'm interesting. Yeah, and I think that's something that they've tried to uh, build upon and push back against in years since. Particularly, like, I imagine, and I don't have any data to back this up, but I would imagine that the audience of season one of The Bachelor skewed even more female than it would typically these days. Probs. Um, Even though I I get the impression that The Bachelor is viewed by more women than men on the whole. Yeah. Um, And the whole franchise. Yeah. You know. but I would imagine that in future series, despite Tim being perfectly unobjectionable and totally oh. digestible and inoffensive, entirely and, you know, fine, totally great, you know, ticking all the boxes, um, he is not necessarily like a hook for like dudes to get their teeth into or whatever. Right. And so when we talk about a hook for dudes, mm. within the first five minutes of this show, we see a fucking helicopter. Mm-hmm. We see a man scaling a mountain. Mm-hmm. We see a dude on a fucking wakeboard. Yeah. Like, all of these action movie <laughs> James stereotype. Bond. Har- yes, James Bond, mm. right? And none of this has evolved in the past. Yeah. Nine, literal nine years yeah. of the The only franchise. thing that they have really changed is the person doing it. Yep. And sometimes it works better, sometimes it works worse. Like, yep. you know, Honey Badger... Saw really big numbers for the show. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to separate, like, the fact that he was just a famous person this is from it. the fact that he might skew more towards male or female. You know, like, that. all of this stuff is too complex to necessarily pin down to one thing. Yeah. Um, I think about our State of the Batchy Nation episode that we recorded last year. Mm-hmm. And... I think about how little the format has evolved, particularly as it relates to the lead, having watched even five minutes of this show. Yeah. Because there is just like, here he is, he's the person, and he does not have a personality, you know? Yeah. And like, that says to me that the show is relying on either the success of its casting department, which Mm. over the years has been up and down. Every so often you perform a feat of stunt casting and you bring in Sophie Monk, you bring in the Honey Badger and sure, fantastic. But when you get someone that is, uh, you know, if you put Tim Robards in 2022, 2023, Mm. should the show last that long? I wonder. There's just, there's nothing there. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's nothing about the way that the show allows him to exist Mm. that makes him interesting because nine seasons later in particular, we've seen some dude climb a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. What I think is that 
what will really, you know, make this franchise tick in the future. We saw Loki not be able to choose between Bella and Irina, mm. but all we'd seen him do up until that point is not express himself and go on jet skis. Yeah, jump off things and yeah. climb I don't and... need action, man. No. I need emotionally active man or like, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever I'm reaching for a pun but it's yeah, not yeah, there yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah reaction I, I, man I don't know that's nothing you've given me a look like it's something and it's nothing it was enough okay. it was enough <laughs> thank you okay uh, speaking of people we don't get to know at all this is the part where we skip over some people uh, someone called Erin bye <laughs> she's never given a surname uh, Catherine Schmidhofer Someone oh, no. called someone called Amy, and uh, Alana, the airhead, air hostess, flight attendant, whatever. Uh, although she does tell Tim that it's actually her birthday today, which, in essence, I would rather not know because, like, if you're just gonna skip her, and she's gonna be a background character. Like, she doesn't get sent home this episode, which I think is a small mercy. Yeah, but like, she's not given like you don't get a special treat because it's your birthday. No, 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 no. no in fact, you have to give the bachelor a special treat, as we will soon learn. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, Penny Palman, who sort of sheepishly tells us she's 35, as if she really didn't want to. All of these people are like Spider-Man girlfriends. There's Penny, <laughs> Penny Palman. Palman. Yeah, it's true. There's Alana Schmidhofer. <laughs> Catherine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Penny Palman is a 35-year-old. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever. She's a fitness instructor from Melbourne. She does a pirouette for Tim. And then... Jazz hands. <laughs> oh, this was so funny. He was like, "Do you know no salsa?" Yeah, and then she was like, uh, "Jazz hands." Uh-huh. And then he's like, "No, we must do a we real must salsa." Do a real salsa. And then they kind of awkwardly do a salsa. To uncomfortable. Music. Like if she is like, "I'm gonna do jazz hands instead of having to do salsa on the yeah. camera by myself," which right. is a two person dance. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, and he oh, was like, "Do one of your famous salsa dances." Yeah, he's like, "I fundamentally don't get it," and she's like, "Well, fine, you will have to participate with right. me." Right. Yeah. And then the fucking music department begrudgingly adds some salsa music <laughs> over the top of it yeah, yeah. to try and salvage the only footage they have of her I'm entrance. gonna one, two, three, four, five, six, make you feel like I'm the only girl in the... <laughs> hey, they licensed it. They're gonna use it. Uh, Emily Seawinder. That's... This is quality surname. Winder, yeah. 30-year-old brand strategist from Sydney. She's ready for an Australian man after living in the US for the oh, past few years. Oh, yeah, I remember this. This was funny because he was like, do you like Australian men better? Yeah. Please tell me you like Australian men because they've got the bachelor over there already. <laughs> um, skateboarder Nikki is next, your mate. Uh, and then we say nothing. Uh, <laughs> Rochelle Emmanuel Smith, a 27-year-old model from Perth who huskily asks, are we going to have a drink together tonight? Yeah pretty good she came a long way mm-hmm. she's followed by bell a 29 year old student paramedic from melbourne who offers him a piece of jewelry and says will you accept this rose quartz that's maybe the best joke of the night bell is ahead of her time yeah Don't i believe think this is the first joke about the bachelor made yeah. on the bachelor australia yeah and you're right i think it is postmodern. i think she's breaking boundaries uh, you know, it's. Uh, I just think in terms of the type of astrology pop. girl that she is. Oh, for sure. Well, she, you know, she doesn't actually talk about astrology. She's a crystals girl. Sure, I'm. I'm. 
You're conflating them a little. Conflating. I'm just throwing all of these things under the one ambiguous umbrella. Mm. Under my umbrella. (laughs) I think the reason that you're conflating those things is that the show very clearly wants you to believe that she is capital letters square scare quotes a certain type of person fucking a yeah yeah like we are doing the full hokey pokey with her in terms of yeah you're like is she a cuckoo yes she says she wants to find someone who is quote in tune with the energy of yes yeah yeah, yeah, tells tim about his heart chakra and the strings are appropriately i ask you now Mm -hmm. have you been able to find her on social media and is she vaccinated Ooh, that's a great question you know i haven't looked it up there you go we're gonna have to dangle that thread (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna answer that question on the page five dollars well spent on patreon this is the thing is i have the sickness that it will take to do that (laughs) i don't know if anyone else on earth does but i can tell there are a few of you who have an itch now who need yeah. it scratched there are some there are some scritchings going on mm-hmm. here on the boh pod uh hide key i must have deleted part of this person's name the person kate name. miller <laughs> that's right it's kate miller Heike. uh no i don't know this person's name i'm sorry she's a 33 year old preschool teacher from the gold coast who asked if she can read Tim's palm before taking out a biro and writing her name on the palm. I love that. This is fucking Fuck, that's golden. It's really good. I wish I knew this person's name, because this is probably my favorite limo exit. This is, if you are in a position where you do not have a partner and you are seeking one. Jody Heidke is her name. Jody Heidke. You just, you go to the pub with a biro. Yeah. You write on as many people's hands as you can. And you fucking see what happens. Right. Like, I, I feel like part of me is like, oh, I guess this is probably a pretty old, like old school pickup line. I don't know. This is but a- also, I've never heard it before. And me it's neither. super charming. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a. This would work on me so much. Fucking A. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Try it. If anybody out there is single and, you know, going to things. Do the Jody. Triple Vax. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Don't write Jody's name there. Unless your name's Jody. I know who's next. Deborah! 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 When did he ever yell Deborah like that? Probably never. I don't right? know that he did. I don't Deborah! know that he ever yelled Deborah like he was in a fucking streetcar named Desire. Manny! <laughs> Wait, is he Manny? No. <laughs> Stella? No, 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 but in Ice Age. He plays Manny, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. He name. is Manny. Yeah, Sid! yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ugly baby! <laughs> Uh, Did you know there's a new Ice Age movie that came out like last week and it has none of the original cast in it? I don't know if I've ever told you about my favourite Ice Age 4 memory. (laughs) I've heard a lot of Ice Age 4 memories, but I think you've been saving the best one. So Ice Age 4 came out in 2000 and I think 12. Mm -hmm. And I had friends at the time. I'd just moved to Sydney. Can you remind me, is this Dawn of the Dinosaurs? I think it is. Or is this... uh... Or Ice Age 4D it could be. Continental Drift? I think it, it I think it might be called Ice Age Continental Drift. That could not be true. Is that right? It sounds like a Fast and the Furious movie. Uh, it does, but I believe that's the name of it. Look, Ice Age 4, Continental Drift. Okay, so that's what it is. Mm-hmm. All right. And my friends at the time had... I had just moved to Sydney, and my friends had moved to Sydney even more recently. We were like, let's hang out. And they were a bit more into sport than I was. Like, Drake is in this movie? That's I'm sorry. wild. I did not know that information. Nicki Minaj is in this movie? 
Is Ice Age 4 Continental Drift a cult classic? <laughs> Not according to its score on Letterboxd. <sighs> this is one year before The Bachelor started. <laughs> it's directed by someone called Steve Martino, who oh, I no. believe is just Steve Martin with a moustache. Oh, I've, I've got two really good stories to tell you. Okay, okay so on, the first one is the Ice Age 4 story. Okay, great. My friends were a bit more into sport than me. They were like, come over. We will watch the State of Origin NRL Rugby League game. Okay. Sounds like torture. For me, I was like, it is a chance to see my friends. Hmm. We will hang. It'll be chill. Sure. Leading up to halftime. So the Harvey Norman halftime is something that I always remember about (laughs) the National Rugby League. Mm -hmm. But they had an extra sponsor this time around. Yeah. And it was Ice Age 4. (laughs) (laughs) Were they sponsoring just the Blues? Because of how blue that franchise is? There you go. So I think that they were sponsoring the entire event. Right. And the commentator, Tony Warren, had forgotten to include Ice Age 4 in his promo of the Harvey Norman halftime. It was bad stuff. And so he was like, coming up, you'll hear from fucking... uh, You'll hear from a bunch of people. You'll hear from a guy who's on Survivor this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Played in some kind of football arena at some point over the last 20 years. And it's all part of the Harvey Norman halftime. Beat, beat, beat with like half a second before commercial. Apropos of nothing, he says... Ice Age 4. <laughs> I thought, for some reason, I thought he was just going to go, Scrat. <laughs> <laughs> John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now let me tell you my next story, mm-hmm. which is about... Steve Martino. Steve Martino. <laughs> is it really? Not quite, but kind of. I was watching man. the only murderino in the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was watching Saturday Saturdayino Night Live. Uh, this man the other night. Jerko. <laughs> Tutankamenko. King Tuto. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Uh, Send me an email, and he was like, "Hello." Cheaper by the dozen. <laughs> Sorry. Stop. Starring Hilario Duff. <laughs> she is fucking Hilario in that movie. Mm. So this dude was like, hello, over email, apropos of nothing. But my email is accessible to you if you want to find it, listener. Sure. And they said, hello, by any chance are you Francesco's son? I'm a very good old friend of his. Huh. Thanks. Person's name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, interesting, because my dad's name is Francis. It's not far off. It's not too far off at all. And I was like, hi, you're close. My dad's Francis. Is that who you're looking for? How did you meet each other? And he said, actually, I'm looking for Francesco Quinn from the movie Platoon. Huh. Francesco Quinn was the star of the movie Platoon directed by Oliver Stone that came out in... 1985. Best Picture winner. Yes. Yes. And he then said, that's who I'm talking. 
passed away in 2011? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> so that's who you're trying to reach out that's, to. You're trying to reach out to the son of a man who passed away 11 years ago at right. this point. And I was like, look, I'm so sorry. My dad, Francis, is a swimming teacher in Australia. We spoke this afternoon. Yeah, he's n- he's quite not dead. He's quite not dead. And also, I don't think he's ever been in an Oliver Stone movie. <laughs> He auditioned. And I was like, how do I know this man? What's the vibe here? Yeah. And so I Googled his name. His name's Kerry. So you're going to say his name is Oliver Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. (laughs) And he was like, it's just that Francesco has a son called Maximiliano. Stop it. Really? Can you believe that wow. shit? Wow! Somewhere on the other side of the world, in the fucking film industry, yeah, this man Carrie is like Francesco with his son Maximiliano, wow. both called Quinn. Yeah. You know, I've had surreal a DVD copy of Patton. That's the movie we're talking about, right? Platoon. Oh, wrong movie. Mm. <laughs> you know, I've had a DVD copy of Ice Age Four. <laughs> Oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Continental Drift or Tokyo Drift? Because there's two different kinds. Yeah. They released As one I of understand. them for a different market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What the yeah. fuck are we talking about? Who can say? Let's continue. It's the best episode we've ever yeah. done. Very Don't good. delete any of that. Best perfect podcast. Can you keep it and double it? I definitely can. <laughs> no. Can you just make it twice as slow? <laughs> like, hello, that I can do. Okay, great. Um... <laughs> This came about because I said the word Deborah. Oh, Christ. <laughs> this tangent brought to you by the word Deborah. Deborah. Uh, Deborah's yeah. a 32-year-old cosmetic clinic detector. She offers Tim a... Wait, what? What is she? She's a 32-year-old cosmetic clinic director. You said detector. Did I say detector? <laughs> one around here somewhere. <laughs> you are a... <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. I hope somebody laughed. Uh, she offers Tim a magic eight ball to help with his decision. I remember she, this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she shakes it and it comes up as cannot predict right now. And then she says, I'm hoping you'll give it a few goes for me. This is such a classic blunder. You absolutely don't want to leave your limo exit up to chance. No, no, no. You're tempting fate. You're tempting the batchy gods. Yeah. And they are not merciful. Yeah, they it's are like, vengeful gods. There are two big blunders in this episode. One is this one. The other one is that when Tim says that his mum is the person who he goes to when he really needs to nut. Yeah. Oh, I didn't write that down, but that was weird. It was like this is like, a oh, when I really need to nut one out or something. <laughs> <laughs> Stupidity. <laughs> Sir, it's was 2022. Just, it was 2013 a better time as far as saying so. the word I not think on you TV? Just, I just think that you couldn't say that <sighs> now. How the mighty have fallen. Bianca Martin is the 31-year-old fit model from Melbourne. Is also in contention for my fucking... Fit model? Yeah, so that's what she says. She's one of my favorite people on this show. She ITMs, I've got a message for The Bachelor. Marry me, yeah. Bianca is the person with the best voice that we hear in this episode, and maybe I've ever heard on this show. I don't want to make fun of her, but she does sound very, very drunk. 
I don't actually know what the alcohol policy at the time was. Maybe she was drunk. We saw someone a bit later in this episode who was extremely I think you're right. lit up. I think you're right. But also, like, I'm not even sure if she was. I feel like this is some kind of, like, House of Gucci moment that she's serving here. Where <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, just yeah. like, hey, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And, like, it's just <laughs> melodic. Massimiliano. And, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah she yeah. probably directed that movie. Um, Platoon. <laughs> yeah. Directed by Oliver Stone. Yeah. <laughs> Oliver! <laughs> Elizabeth McMahon, a 33-year-old fashion stylist from the Gold Coast, arrives. She is the first person of color to be on screen in the Bachelor franchise in Australia. And as if to explain why a non-white person is on the show, her voiceover goes as follows. My name is Elizabeth. I'm Ugandan. Oh, God. It's like, you have to explain. Why do you look like that, ma'am? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty... It's pretty fucking fucked, isn't oh, it? Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. She is dazzlingly beautiful. She is so pretty. Incredibly good looking human being. And of course she is on screen for literally 10 Nothing. seconds. She pops up again once or twice in the very much background. She may as well have said like, hello, I am diversity. Right. Yeah. Except that I don't even think diversity, like, I don't think they were thinking about as it As an all. ocean, absolutely yeah. not. Like, I think it's they were just like, cool oh, that she exists. We, oh, it's going to. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if, like, reality TV producers and stuff were thinking it's going to look really bad if we have literally an entirely white cast. I don't know. Probably not. I almost not. feel like she just, like, she just, like, knew somebody or, like, you know. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, or, like, this is the other part of it. probably dazzled by how beautiful she is because she's incredibly she good looking. She is. You talk about she probably knew somebody. Everyone seems to work within the same fucking industry. True. Thereabouts here, you yeah, hear. Yeah. It's a makeup narrow... artist. I'm a model. I'm an actress. I'm a. What was the other person who said she was a fit model? Fit model, fashion stylist, fashion stylist, yeah. makeup artist, Cosmetic like clinic director, yeah. yada yada. You're totally right. I wonder what detector. the casting process was. <laughs> Good detector. I wonder what the casting process was like because yeah. in the first episode of the US season, there was a little bit of insight into it. Yeah, they were interested in in. Um, we talked about this on our ancient kids season one they were interested in showing sort of documentary style footage of like we went out to all these malls and we met random women from yeah the yeah yeah true you know, there, there wasn't much of it but there was a little bit and we saw some like home videotape sort of audition footage sent yeah in yeah we like saw that. nikki skating yeah yeah um none of that here and it, and it does beg the question like <laughs> how many people are like you know production's housemate or, yeah you know, yeah well, yeah exactly how many people like, did they meet at the races tenant, but yeah totally yeah but also, like, how much of that still happens? It's probably exactly how it still works. Fucking A. Yeah. Um, Sherry Matheson. I think she's the one who says her full name. Great. She's yes. a 29-year-old makeup artist from the Gold Coast. Makeup artist. Gold mm-hmm. Coast. Mm-hmm. Tick, tick. She she took the time to say her full name, and so they didn't give her any more airtime to say anything else. Goodbye. Uh, Ashley Crab, <laughs> a 25-year-old PR consultant from Perth. If any of these people listen and they hear us laughing at your names, I'm very sorry. Sorry about oh, that, I'm Ashley truly Crab. sorry about all of it, Ashley Crab and friends. Uh, Ashley Crab and friends <laughs> is just, it's a kid's TV show that I would watch. Mm-hmm. Natalie Sadie, Natalie Sadie. Uh, this is a 34-year-old model from Melbourne who doesn't introduce herself. Yeah. So her name is not within the document at all. No, she's like, I'm a model. I literally figured out who she is from process of elimination. Christ. <laughs> it's pretty dire. That stuff dirty. doesn't happen anymore. No. Like, yes, there are people who don't appear on the show. Like, yeah. they literally skip over them altogether. Yeah. I think they avoid doing that. They usually try and at least give, like, two seconds of lip service. But that two seconds is always their name. Right, right. Very I'm strange. Melissa. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we meet Anna Heinrich. I liked Anna. I thought this was cute. It was... Oh, I'm not it actually... It was a meet cute. I'm not vomiting. I'm oh, just, I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, I agree. I, you, I like Anna. You're not vomiting because someone came up behind you and was like, what? Yeah. Uh, she's a 26-year-old lawyer from Goulburn who charms Tim with a big smile and just a little bit of red lippy on her teeth. Mm. Um, we get she's um, relatable in that way. Yes, exactly. She's just like me. I put lippy on my teeth every yep. morning before I leave the house. <laughs> um, every we get a I wake up before I put on my lipstick teeth on my teeth. <laughs> and then we get a big sweeping. Funky wah guitar. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know how to this describe it better so than that. Funny. A crazy bit of score. Yeah, a lot of the score I noticed is literally recycled from the early US seasons. Yep, and gave me horrific flashbacks to the speed run that I did of the Bachelor DS game. <sighs> yeah, where I listened to the same four tracks of very, 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 very like boring sort of guitar pop score music mm-hmm. over and over. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there for it. Yeah, yeah. Then we, we played the Rachula. That's right, and that was quite good. It was fun. <coughs> I still hold that world record, by the way. Fuck yeah, yeah. Uh, this very interesting music plays as Jolene Booth, a twenty-three-year-old hairstylist from the Shire, steps out. She looks like you might imagine a hairstylist from the Shire looks. Um, she breathily tells Tim, I'm a bit of a partier. I like a dance, a glass of wine, love going fast. She is the funniest person who has <laughs> ever been on this show. Do we need to explain? I feel like a good point of reference in case any of our viewers, maybe I'm sorry, our listeners aren't, uh, in New South Wales, maybe don't know what the Shire is. Yeah. True, I feel true, like true. the Shire is kind of a quite specific it's thing. It's a really specific reference. Mm. Okay. And so if you've never read the Hobbit, Oh my God. No, here is what happens. If you go to Cronulla, mm. you are in some sort of, uh, let's say geopolitical bubble. I wanted to say pocket dimension. <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah Yeah It's sort of uh, Yeah Bubble is the word Yeah um, And It's a certain We're po- wading into some weird Like classes waters When we talk about this stuff But There is a certain uh, Culture There's a jus de vie There's a jus de vie Like I feel like They definitely would Would think that there is there was sure. a TV reality show called The Shire where it, it explored yes. the people of the Shire, which I feel like I don't I'm, I don't trust reality TV uh, producers as far as I could throw them. But I feel like if you watched 45 seconds of that show, you would kind of get the whole vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, affluence incarnate. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is it, I guess the, it's, it's Im- what do you call that? The implication? Yeah. Yeah. The, what, whatever your uh, local, you know, you. I feel like every city or every state or every country kind of has their own version of like affluent people with trashy tastes or yes. whatever. Like that's the, that's the vibe. That's, that's the, the situation. Idea. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't necessarily mean that about anybody in particular or whatever, but like, you know, as much as you can say that kind of thing about a person, that's yeah. kind of the, 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 the thing with the child. Now I feel weird. I'm higher Shire. <laughs> We will talk more about the Shire, and we will talk more about Jolene Booth 
as time goes by. Jolene. But finally, it is Judy Kuo. Judy Kuo? I don't, don't know. know. Judy Kuo? Don't know. I hardly Kuo? <laughs> I hate it. Uh, she's a 28-year-old doctor from Sydney who is in her 10th year of her medicine degree. Oh, Judy. That is almost hey, as long. <laughs> that's almost as long as we've been doing our Bachelor of Hearts. Oh. Uh, in a video package, we see her examining a knee x-ray and also doing body rolls at a dance class. I wonder if they shot those out of sequence and she was, like, badly injured at the dance class. I don't, yeah, yeah, x-ray. she's like, my leg. Yeah. Uh, she has brought a gift for Tim, and as it is unveiled, we learn that it's a chocolate gold-plated rose. I like this. Me because too. if it was just a chocolate rose... It would be pretty good. It'd be like a nice, cute little nod to you know the. It's lovely. The it's show the first season. It's, she's like, ah, oh, she's like, the oh, person who's going to get a rose. rose. I'm going to give yeah. you a rose. You know that kind of thing. But since there's a little bit of gold leaf on it, and granted, probably doesn't cost that much. Yeah, it just makes it seem a tiny bit more like bribery to me, which <sighs> I really love. Yeah, yeah, and it also allows me to make this joke, which is gold leaf, gold leaf. Gold leaf, gold leaf. We have a person called Jolene <laughs> in the cast. <laughs> okay, so our handsome host, Osher Ginsberg, joins the gathered cast and signaling the official beginning of play of the very first season of The Bachelor. He raises his glass in one hand and a butter knife in the other because he is at this point un- unmarried. And with the shyness and naivety... Of the of a first kiss, <laughs> he tings them together just ten times. Oh, sweet baby, just ten, sweet little child. I did think maybe this is a like a shrewd bit of branding on behalf of the network. Oh yeah, because it's channel ten tings. Oh, you know what I mean? Like it's yep, yep, subconsciously yep. getting into your head. Mm-mm-mm. So maybe that's actually genius. Yeah, and Heath Ledger was was he alive at this time or not? I don't think he was. Ah, bugger, because 10 things I hate about you. <laughs> I like it. He was a he was a flat man at that point, I guess. A flat man? In that he died? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about a Heath Ledger movie earlier on this podcast. Two hands. Very good. Usher explains that the 25 women will need a rose to proceed in the show and reveals that there are only 20 roses available for night one. That's 80%. Yeah. It's pretty interesting, though, because I don't think... These days, we don't find out how many people are going home until the very last minute. This is true. Um, This is a a real point of difference. And I, I, I would imagine... Like, I, I was curious about why this would have changed at some point between then and now. Yeah. Because I yeah. would think that knowing for sure that there is going to be, like, a bottom five would only enhance that sort of us versus them, like, the tension, the you know, particularly because there's another point of difference that he's going to be handing out some roses early. Yeah. And as those start to get handed out, you can really feel the tension getting ramped up. I have a thought about this, which mm-hmm. is the Australian Idol thought, because... You never wanted to be in the bottom three. Right. And then the narrative the week after was like, oh, last week I was in the bottom, in three, the bottom three and no one voted mm. for me and people would feel confident. And then there was the Ricky Lee situation where she was so good in season two and then she ended up just bottoming out mm. somewhere around the final eight. Mm. I Yeah, I feel like that is uh, what is being played into 
Yeah, I here. think they're maybe just trying to figure it out, maybe trying to delineate the show a little bit from yeah. the American version, because I yeah. don't think they had really experimented with this stuff yeah, yeah, that yeah. much. Can you imagine being like, Nikki, you're in the bottom five. <laughs> you made it through, but just by the skin of your teeth or whatever. Although I guess that is, in a way, it feels like it's built into the rose ceremony, like the rose call-out order. Definitely. Um, although there's some trickery that they do with that stuff. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Tim, yeah, he mentions in voiceover that there are a few roses to hand out before the rose ceremony as well, but they're not the, like, wild card, super-powered, first-impression, double-delight country roses that we've (laughs) seen time and time again. Goodness gracious. (laughs) They're just, like, early roses. Yeah, yeah. But, like, like I said... bounty country roses. Yeah. But, like I said, I feel like it does do a good job of just, like, building the stakes, because you're, like... He can't hand out that many, and like you know, a few of them are already gone. Like, there's still a little bit of a chance, but like, how fun is that? I feel like it builds that desperation and that intensity for this iteration of The Bachelor. Yeah. You know, it's not just like you only get one. There's a handful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Osher brings out Tim, who raises his own glass and proposes a toast to 25 gorgeous women. Here's to the beautiful journey ahead. Champagne is poured into the iconic red Waterford Clarendon Ruby flutes that we still have to this day, although they are sold out. And if anybody sees any, please let me know. Ah. Uh, And the free-for-all begins. Tim explains to a group of women that he values trust above all, but also his family values are important, as well as fun and adventure. That's about as much as we actually learn about him throughout the show. Everything that we know about this man. The first woman Tim pulls aside for a solo chat is Allie. And he starts just by checking in on her. And I like that. She says that she likes that he's nervous as well um, because it shows that he's not too cocky. And then they connect over a shared love of boxing. Ali teaches him to say, I wrote this out thinking I'm going to remember how to pronounce this German phrase. Give it to me. I'll do it for you. Okay. It's this one. I've just highlighted. Okay. Oh, yes. Obviously. Mm-hmm. 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 That sounds right. Please address your comments to Max Quinn on Twitter. Uh, it means to fall in love. Ah! And in ITM, she says, I believe in love at first sight, and I believe that the things that I felt, it hasn't ever happened before. I think he could be my husband. That's my girl. Yeah. So I can see what you mean about, like, pushing a little too hard maybe? we're going hard here yeah or even just like i could believe that every single one of them said that in itm but that's the one that they choose to include yeah, yeah. that sort of thing it's pretty basic this the- is the first person on the first season on the first night saying that's my husband yeah 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 uh yeah i know what you mean um but also i think part of the show is um, trying to pull in the rubes who believe that it is a true magic love fairy story. Oh, definitely. Story yeah, yeah. Thing. And like, maybe I'm being that person when I, um, Oh, you want to be. Believe this or whatever. Yeah, but I yeah, like, I think yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's just the optimism sort of thing. Or, yeah. Um, obviously from a pragmatic point of view, it's like, yes, this is a completely a surreal thing to say in a human interaction or whatever, but Yes, uh, Belle, our kook, gets pulled next. Oh, we love Belle. We love Belle. Um, she ITMs, I hope he's the kind of guy that goes through life realizing that there's a universal love and that we need to share that. Their conversation goes about as well as the first one did. She says, quote, I really believe in the power of the quartz 
and quote, if you take a wafer thin piece of quartz and press on it, it emits an electrical current. I love her. <laughs> I love this. I love being like, oh, there's cameras everywhere. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, definitely say yeah. the shit that I think about quartz. Yeah. Is someone prodding her? Do you reckon? Sure, right? Probably. Someone's like, probably someone's being like, quartz say material. more quartz shit. Yeah. yeah. It's so good though. It's fucking really good. It's so good because she's so pure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm laughing at her. I don't know that I am. I think I'm laughing at the show, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah. I think I'm laughing at the show being like, you don't know how big horoscopes and uh, crystals and this whole sort of like ephemeral world is going to be. And I don't mean to lump them in together. It's just because I am a rube. Mm. Uh, in eight or nine years where like, fucking there are crystals in my bedroom. Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's like, Someone sent us this, and this is good for whatever the thing is. And it's like, oh, look, people Great, are so sure. much more open to the reality of this situation yeah. now. People, are, are, people are more open to burning fucking sage and, and going, okay, cool, we've changed things now. There is more than one person I can name from the history of this show in the past few years yeah. whose entire business it is to sell crystals. Yeah, fucking without A. Without a second thought. Like, yep. no judgment on the show. No. No part of it is seemingly weird or whatever. It's no. Just like, yeah, it's just These are fucking... people who are just crystal people, and that yeah. is fine One as long as it doesn't you know yeah uh this chat is interrupted by anna heinrich who, who approaches to cut in but for some reason tim asks would you like to join us tim so we get our very first batch sandwich um she tells him that she's never fallen in love or been in a serious relationship this is the beginning of a big arc for anna i believe yes, yes. Of just being like i am i'm the perpetual third wheel yes but also like i'm so innocent sort of yeah like, you know, yeah yeah uh please be my first love. which like is a weird thing to say about a human being who is experiencing real things or whatever but that's the caveat of everything on the show yes Meanwhile, Allie is recapping her chat with Tim to a handful of the other women. She says that she and Tim bonded over their love of boxing and then they're mm. going to have a little spa together later. To which Jolene from the Shire says, quote, <laughs> I hope someone gets a black eye. <laughs> which is funny and a good thing for a villain to say, but also has some very upsetting implications. Absolutely. Like, All I of hope... this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> like... like- the more I chew that over in my mind, the more I go, the more you're like, oh no. And the more you understand that Jolene said this at a time where it was like, this woman is drunk and she's being competitive and frisky or whatever, mm. presumably, right. rather than advocating for domestic violence. Right. And being someone who is, I guess, the only representative of the Shire oh, and like yeah, all of the sure. class ramifications there and like all this stuff. I'm just like, I do not want to wait into these. <laughs> None of this stuff all. is yeah. for us. No. Bianca with the incredible voice. Bianca. I mean, like I'm being racist when I do that, but I'm like, Deborah's coming. Don't worry. Bianca is the house of Gucci one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she tries to interrupt a conversation that Tim is having with the airhead flight instructor, Alana, but Alana manages to block the steel. Very good. Uh, feels like I think there we... were some rallies, huh? Around this time to stop the steal. <laughs> well, it wasn't the crystal lady involved. Yeah, I think the crystal yeah, lady yeah. was kind of involved in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura, the customer relative, um, who was first out of the limo. <laughs> yeah. and my mother was a customer, and <laughs> right. her mother was a customer. A long line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she takes a stand in ITM, saying. Mm. 
she won't interrupt conversations because, quote, I never pursue anybody because I think somebody should pursue you. And I'm like, lady, I'm happy for you, mm. but I, I'm afraid to bring it to you that you have, in fact, wandered onto the set of The Bachelor. This is very, it's very difficult for you. Take place yeah, 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 yeah. This isn't fucking... I don't recall the musical, but I've grown accustomed to his face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know that one? Cats. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. You saw the movie. That's <laughs> right. Hotel Transylvania 4, the musical. <laughs> Tim pulls Judy with the golden chocolate rose for a one-on-one chat. Um, it is, I feel like it's worth noting that Judy is, I believe, the only other person of color in the cast. I think that's true. Um, that, you know, is not a great result. Um, but, you know, we have to remember 2013. This is long before the huge sweeping changes that have overhauled the casting for this show and yeah. introduced far better representation for people from all sorts of cultural backgrounds. Yep. I assume those things will happen because <laughs> they haven't. Thank you. Good. <laughs> but 2013 was even longer before that it was than we much, are now. It was much longer before that. But listeners who are joining us in 2000 and let's say 25, <laughs> you're welcome. 2066. Christ. Uh, how those jetpacks treating you. <laughs> Uh, we don't get much of this chat, but partway through, Tim gets up and leaves her sitting on the couch alone as he grabs the first red rose to give to Judy. He can't even get through offering it to her before she starts crying, and then she earnestly tells the camera in ITM, it's the first rose in Australia ever. It's a huge thing. And I'm like, I agree. Like me, Xavier RN, I agree, but I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) Like, I suck. (laughs) Uh, It is not lost on me that this is kind of hilarious. Okay, so I disagree with you that you're a fucking idiot because I I breathe the same air as you and I say, yes, it's a big deal, but only in this very, 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 (laughs) very small fucking chasm of existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, it's the first rose in Australia. No, they were probably introduced hundreds of years ago. Is it's that what we're talking to about? It's hard to say. Look, you know, there are um, there are microbiologists or florists or some <laughs> shit who could, could say about this stuff mm. much better than I could. Mm. Uh, it's just funny that she will say it once and then she will say it many times in the future. Yes, yes. Um, Sarah, the 22-year-old florist, probably could have helped. Could have helped with that. She's the one who looks like Jessica Rabbit. Oh, J-Rabs. Mm-hmm. She gets pulled and tells Tim, I love weddings. Huge wedding planner. I've been planning mine forever. The big white dress, flowers everywhere, dream man standing there. And I'm like, okay. All right. And Tim goes, that sounds good in what seems like a pretty non-committal way. Uh, but then out of nowhere, he gives her the second rose. And I was yeah. a bit surprised. Me too. I feel like if this happened nowadays, you would get a completely opposite edit. Yeah. Where she is made out to be like a total bridezilla who's like weirdly attached to getting married. Well, like, that's kind of the implication that I guess that I carried into this, where she was like, I've been planning my wedding for forever, blah, blah. And then I the second time she brings it up. Yeah. yeah. But, but he's he's into it. He's, he's like, into it. The show marriage, is not questioning it. it. Like, I guess because he's not put off by it, then the yeah. show's like, well, we can't cast aspersions on our lead. True, true. But it's like, you know, one thing I'll be interested in tracking on this season. Um, is how the prospect of marriage and weddings are handled. Yeah. Because that is not a big part of the Australian show these days. In no. the seasons that we've covered, it has rarely come up at all. It's almost like 
in the the US seasons and the overseas seasons in particular, they're like, I want to find my wife. Yeah. Whereas here they're like, I'm going to find my Rommel. You know, I'm going to find someone who's going to, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Mm-hmm. What are you saying? Rommel? Rommel. What's that? Rest of my life. Oh, I understand. Right. And what does wife stand for? Uh, well, the WIFE Woman is... Woman, I um, fuck every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ah. We love it here on I the Bachelor of Arts presents Engine History. I feel like this is um, this is historical uh, context. Very hot day. Um, with a few roses handed out, the tension is ratcheting up. Even squeaky clean Allie, who's already had some time with Tim, decides to jump in and play the game too. Second time. Mm-hmm. She interrupts a chat with uh, that Tim is having with fucking someone, someone with brown hair. I don't know. Uh, he doesn't give her a rose. Sorry, he doesn't give Ali a rose, but he does plant a little kiss on the cheek, which she interprets as a chance to try and kiss him. Now, some of the internet was mm. like, she went right in for it. See, she that's I'm fascinated to hear that because she so didn't. I agree. She moved about two centimeters. Yeah, there's she sort nothing of ro- there. She pivoted her head. Yeah. Like she turned her neck slightly towards his yep, yep. head. If there's a nice man trying to kiss you and you don't pivot your head, yeah. I'm offended. Yeah, totally. But it's like instantly, and I'm sure this is just being fed to them, instantly this has spread like wildfire oh throughout the rest of the cast. Yep. Everybody's talking about it. Everyone's, like they tried to kiss. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's atting- uh, opinion of Ali has completely turned around 180 degrees in two seconds flat. You know, uh, everybody has either seen it or heard about it. And now Allie is branded as, quote, a possessive Barbie girl, which is just screaming a healthy perspective about women. It's and really going well for the way that we perceive women in a possessive Barbie world, you know? Right. Absolutely. The third and fourth roses are then abruptly handed out to Emily Seawinder, the brand strategist from Sydney, mm. and Emma Rose, who was second out of the limo. I see Winder, I eh? Winder. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've got. Got him. Uh, we don't see why they got the roses. They just like cut straight to him giving them the roses. Yeah, yeah. There is no, no conversation with we either. We don't of see them. why he got Seawind. Got him. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, her name is Emma Rose. So maybe yeah. that's why. Oh, this is true. It's like, I'm Emma, Emma get a rose <laughs> tonight. Yeah, she got a bunch of Goosebumps books when she was 13 for Christmas. <laughs> oh, that meme is probably from 2013. I'm going to just... <laughs> that meme premiered September 8th, 2013 at 7.30 p.m. Oh, my God. 2012. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Okay, good. Uh, Bianca from the house of Gucci stands up at the top balcony, far away from the rest of the women. This is another incredible strategy. And yells out, I don't see my bachelor anywhere. I want him. This is a joke. Where is he? <laughs> Hotel Transylvania 4. Coming yeah, soon. She was yeah, actually yeah, yeah. not voiced by Adam Sandler in this one. She was voiced by some guy from YouTube. Um, the, uh, this strategy is really good TV, but it doesn't actually appear to pay off, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but speaking of great TV, it is time to pull the very charismatic, is that the word for Jolene from the Shire? Jolene has, has a character. There's a certain something. I'm going to try and get to the bottom of it. Okay. Um, it's Jol Devine. (laughs) She has got a very particular way of speaking. 
it is it's definitely flirty but also it's kind like it comes across a little bit mumbly like it's, it's not like mumbly and super it's so clear. direct like they met on the red carpet and she was like give me a look at you yeah she's a big character but also she's not loud and in your face no. like you might expect no she's trying to play the vixen or something yeah you know? she's like playing it very cool but also like I don't know. Do you even, could you even describe her as uncool? I don't know if she, uh, she exists on the same like spectrum of cool that I'm familiar with. She, yeah, it's she's really a bit hard. hard. She's aloof, but she's playing aloof in the same, do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Mm. But I do think in a way, and we hinted at this before, like maybe more so than anybody else in this cast, she strikes me as a distinctly Australian character yeah, type. Yeah, fucking A. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm not. So, I'm not sure if you'd see somebody like Jolene in the American show. And I feel like if the producers are trying to make an argument for a local version of the show, yeah, and try and sort of convince themselves, because obviously they could just air the American show, yes, right, yes. And you know, I've been thinking a little bit about like why there is an Australian version of the show. I believe I'm pretty sure that there are like quotas for local production. Yeah, like, true, true. You know the channels have to have a certain amount of Australian made content to fill their time slots or yep, whatever. Yep. So like it's within their interest. And obviously we understand why they make reality TV because it's fairly inexpensive and yeah. you know, they can pump it out and it's pretty yeah. good ratings and that kind of thing. Yeah. But like, I, I, I still feel that like in season one, I'll be interested to see the ways that they um, figure out what needs to be Australianified about it. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. um, What aspects of Australian culture, because that's what, you know, the, the, what the show is, is pulling people from Australia. Yeah. Putting them on TV. Yeah. And what aspects of the Australian culture and different subcultures within it, are they interested in like looking at and showing to people and reflecting on and all these things that we talk about week after week where it's like, Oh, this makes us think about what it's like to be a single mom or this makes us think about whatever, you know? Right. 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 These are the different groups and these are the different like strings that they're sort of pulling on. Whereas I feel like if it was the U S version of this show, they would present Jolene with like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, In ITM, Jolene says, I do not have a rose. Each to their own with their <laughs> rose Each choices. Whether or not they give a rose to me. Mm-hmm. But I deserve a rose as much as any other girl here. Which I agree with. Yes, And, babes. like, it's kind of in opposition to the caricature that they're trying to create here. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, anybody who says that, I'm instantly just like, fuck yeah. You, cool. you're, you're a real person and you rule, you know? You're like, I know what I'm worth. Yeah. And I'm worth one rose. But in a moment of pure reality TV perfection, which unfortunately is not especially well captured on camera, mm. but I'm going to make an argument that that might actually be kind of for the best. Mm. We cut to a rose lying on the floor, having been broken in half. And we see footage of Judy, the recipient of the first ever rose in Australia, standing shocked with two half roses in her hands being like, what the fuck has what happened has to my rose? Happened to my rose? And then we cut to a shot of Jolene, the rose's assailant <laughs> with a knife slicing sound loudly dubbed on top of it. And it's kind in my opinion, it's kind of perfect that you don't see what actually happened. Oh, Cause yeah. like 
there's every chance it was an accident. There's every chance it was not particularly Someone like Someone came along with Pharisees or... and was like, own this. Could have. Yeah. yeah, of course. Could have just been planted. I didn't even really think about that. But I, I was just more like, they weren't even pointing a camera at it because it just kind of happened. Yep. But yep. it means that your imagination fills in the gap. Yeah. And the stuff that you don't see, your mind, you know, imagines it. It's like how yeah. you never see the knife go into the person's body in Psycho. But yeah. you imagine it because you see, you, and you, you, hear, and the you sound, hear the and sound, the and you see the blood yeah, trickling yeah, down, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Like you subconsciously do the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it says directed by Alfred Hitchcock, and you're like, I know what's up. Nice. Yeah, yeah you do know what's up. Stabbies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then speaking of cutting, I guess cutting through the noise of 25 excited women, we hear 12 pitch perfect tings ringing out from Osher Ginsberg. That's right. Not willing to let the episode go by without a top up. We <laughs> now have a combined total of 22 tings. Viewers around Australia are overjoyed. They're thinking this new TV show has got an average TPE of 22. <laughs> I can't miss next week's episode. <laughs> I've got to subscribe to the Patreon to find out how many tings are in that one as there well. You go. Good more. More, I don't more. Why they were saying that Thank in 2013 you. didn't make a lot of sense back then. Anyway, the cocky pee is over. It's time for Tim to make some big cocky decisions. Pick. Please continue. He is maybe the only bachelor I've ever seen uh, to ask the women to excuse him when he leaves the cocktail party. Oh, yeah. Which is a very classy touch, He's I like, think. He's like, babes, let me go. He's like, um, excuse me. Uh, gotta go. Just gotta think about this for a minute. Cut to an incredible shot, which yeah. I don't know if you jumped and left off the couch when you saw this, but it's Tim in a big fancy thinking chair, I believe. I left I imagine my what's seat. that called? Uh... Where our bachelor is holding an iPad yeah, with a fucking headphone jack because it's 2013 and he's scrolling through glossy night one photos of each of the women to make his decision. Oh, this was so good. This shot lasts five seconds, but yeah. it was so impactful. It was burned into my memory from seeing it years ago. This is a lifetime. Because it, it flashes back to, of course, the very bizarre deliberation room the weird wood shelf the, the weird do you want to describe this for anybody who hasn't okay, heard it okay so in season one of the bachelor u.s they made the bachelor u.s they made the man go into a room that was kind of like in between the cocktail party and the rose ceremony mm-hmm. it was like bachelor purgatory <laughs> and what was in there was a couch and then this Custom made question mark hmm. hybridized Free market yeah fine wooden shelf in which they had positioned framed pictures of all of the women right that he was just supposed to study yeah until he could come up with a choice and the pictures were not uniform no they were not matching the frames were not matching no they were different shapes and sizes they just were like what can we get here there was some women who existed places. in like circle sized frames yeah. Yeah, and then some women who got the full fucking A three. Some of them were in front of each other. Yeah, like, yeah, incredible. They had to pull drawers out to make the like the tears. It was yeah. no good. I really want this to be a running theme throughout oh. this season. I don't remember the fact that it was so well burned into my memory makes me think that maybe it is going to yeah. pop up again. Yeah, it was um, truly enjoyable yeah. to be like, is this still coming? And it was. I, what I want is for this part to go a little bit longer and for him to go. 
oh, no. Oh, like, I want God. just some him going like, oh, who was that one? Oh, yeah. That's right. Like, oh, and we went on the, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and she gave me the, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they could make a whole show out of that. And I'd be delighted. <laughs> and then it is time for the rose ceremony. Judy, Sarah, Emily, and Emma are safe with roses, but there are only 16 left. And the rose order goes like this. Good Lord. Danielle, Rochelle, Ali, Alana, Anna, Belle, Ashley, Catherine, Sherry, Stacy, Elizabeth, Natalie, Amy, Penny, Bianca, and Laura. Ooh, leaving. Catch him all. <laughs> um, so it is a somewhat arbitrary farewell to the following women. Deborah! Deborah! Who gave Tim the magic eight ball and then had no follow through at Aww. all. It's a shame. Yeah. Literally, like, she just left it to chance. She was just like, well. She was like, I don't know if I want Ask again this. later. Yeah. I don't, she was like, I literally don't know if I want to be on The Bachelor this year. So good. And then the ball was like, I'm sorry, it's not your time. Thank you, Debs. They should make a Bachelorette next year. <sighs> Bring her back. Erin, who was so thoroughly skipped that there is no longer any trace of her on the internet at all that I could find. Love that. I might go digging a bit deeper. See if we can find out. Uh, Professional skateboarder and extreme sport enthusiast Nikki Quinlan, who is not related to you? Not related to me in any way, but look, you you take a Quinn, you put him on land. Mm. uh, Every so often. And you get the facts of life. He filmed the whole day with her. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, God damn it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And she's, but she's a fucking like a legitimate Olympic and then maybe also winter Olympic question yeah. mark. Yeah. Sp- sports athlete. Well, Tim fucked up. As proven by his. Shit, <laughs> yeah. Do you outcome. know what? This is the thing with the bachelor. Always fuck down. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, uh, interestingly, we hear Nikki telling someone to quote, find me on Facebook, which is. A very funny 2013 thing to yep. say that I yep. have not heard somebody say in quite a long time. Uh, we also lose Jody Heidke, who read Tim's palm. Maybe my favorite gimmick. <sighs> Jody, that sucks. I'm sorry for you. You did a really good job. Yeah, it's a real shame, I think. Yeah. And then, I'm so sad to tell you this, listeners. We had so much more to learn from her. Jolene, 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 Jolene. Uh, whose mysteries were just beginning to unravel. I just think Jolene into it, you know? Yeah. Jolene a little too far in, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tim says, best wishes for finding the perfect man, and Jolene replies, I thought you were. No. And then she fell into some dark chasm. <laughs> the earth parted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this earth is not ready for yeah, you. She fell into a sinkhole, Jolene. <laughs> And then, to cap off the episode, in a tradition that is firmly ingrained in the US show, but the Australian one is evidently just cast off at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, we don't care. Who gives a shit? But Tim gathers the remaining women in the rose ceremony room so that he can give a speech, which goes like this. Alright, ladies, welcome to your new home. I'd like to propose a toast to 20 gorgeous women and the journey that we're about to embark on together. That's right, it is... Word for word, the exact same speech that he gave at the start of the night, but with a smaller number of women. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> I did not realize that it is It is incredible that yeah. that is what they chose. And they were like, look, this man has got no better words and he's got no personality. So let's That's just right. see what fucking happens. That's right. They all raise their glasses and the color is sucked out of the room in the most dramatic video editing technique and also the only one they know. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait until they realize about iMovie. <laughs> it's going to change the game. Oh, yeah. The fact that they still edit the show with iMovie <laughs> in 2022. <laughs> uh, that brings us to the end of The Bachelor Australia Season 1, Episode 1. I can't remember if I did the voice or not. Mm. But that is not the end of our coverage of this season of the show. Much more to come, We listeners. are proud to unveil our brand new premium podcast series, premium. Bachelor of Hearts Extra Credit. Extra which you can find on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash bohpod. Extra credit. The only way to hear the rest of our season one coverage is to head over there and subscribe. For $5 a month, you will get two bonus episodes per month, starting with our coverage of Bachelor Australia season one, but eventually branching out into all sorts of other wonderful content. We are so excited um, to have an excuse to keep making the podcast in between seasons. Yeah. And we are very, very thankful in advance for your support. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope that you'll feel like it's worth it. You'll have a fun time with us. Let's yeah. see some funny, silly nonsense. Look, this is a, you know, a, a bunch of extra seasons a year that we're excited to be able to cover. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a fucking fun thing that we get to do. Yeah. I'm excited to hang out with my friend. I guarantee get- that if you feel like the regular podcast is two completely insane people... You ain't oh, heard nothing my yet. Yeah. yeah, look, if you want to hear us go, what, off the deep end. It's going to be... Beyond the Richter. I, I can feel the episodes growing longer in my imagination oh, of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look, we're going to have fun. We really are. We're stoked to have you. Um, but thanks for listening to this episode as well. This is it, listeners. Um, and and uh, it's great to be back. Yeah, look, we're so happy to be here. We would be really happy if you wanted to join us, but obviously, you know, Presh will still upload a uh, teaser, a sample. Yeah, you'll get a little taste. You'll yeah, get a little nibble. to the, what, the regular feed, and hopefully... And if you need any help getting it all set up or whatever, just talk oh, to yeah, us. Fucking, you know. And if you can't afford it, just send me a fucking email. I mean, like, uh, yeah, it's also yeah, fine. Yeah, we don't care. Uh, we love you. Yeah. Is there anything nice. else we need to say? I don't think so. No. I mean, thanks for being here. This is yeah. probably long. I can sense from Max's facial expression that this episode has gone longer than one of us would like. This has gone. Personally, for... I've got plenty more to talk about. Okay. No, no, no. This has not gone for the longest episode ever. So I think that we're fine. Okay. Great. Excellent. Well. Well, Listeners. see if you can fix that in post. <laughs> <laughs> double it. Keep it in. Double it. Long, length, longer. Slower. Lower. <laughs> we love you. Listeners, we love you. Ooh.